Welcome to Fire Breathing Kittens, a standalone Dungeons and Dragons podcast. Each episode is a separate, complete adventure, so you can listen to them in any order. We are joined today by Percy. Hi, I'm a level 17 wood elf. I stand six foot two. I have long brown hair that goes halfway down my back and I have piercing blue eyes. I wear a worn, worn leather armor with a fresh new cloak that I recently got. And I have a two meter tall staff carved out of um, dark wood. Tanager. Tanager, good fellow. Level seven cleric, level four fighter, level six bard. Today Tanager is in mourning, for his hero has passed away. The dear yarn spinner. But he is wearing, of course, the traditional fully white kimono and has dyed his both the hair top of his chest and the fur around his shoulders and like head uh in like a cascade of rainbow colors morning rainbow yep and barsuk hello there barsuk molotok here i'm a dwarf four levels of barbarian 13 levels of monk if you include my wild mane of muddy red hair i'm just a sneeze over four feet tall the wife says i have what the missus would call a dad bod. But don't let that fool you. I'm quite capable physically. <laughs> I always keep my muse- my instrument, the Basviet, close at hand, and it doubles as a handy club in fights. I'm currently wearing a black and white robe with badger stripes down the back. You are all in the Fire-Breathing Kittens Guild Hall. The guild is a large building with a bar a sitting area with wooden tables and chairs, and a wall with a corkboard and job flyers posted. Today, you are the only ones in the bar, except for Nusi, the retired adventurer and bartender, who is on the other side of the room behind the bar polishing something. It is eerily quiet without everyone else in the bar. The silence is disturbing. Naturally, Tanninger will bust through the door. Uh... He's uh, carrying himself, like, bushels of fruit. Curry is behind him carrying far too many packages of, like, fresh cakes, bottles of wine, and things like that. And uh, he's going to go uh, place them in front of Mendax's old room. Excuse me, Tanager. Do you need a hand with those? Oh, yes, yes. I'm just paying my respects. Uh, How are you both doing? It's really quiet in here eerily quiet very odd i wonder where everyone's at don't think there's anything special going on at the moment unless they didn't invite us when's the last time anybody checked the cork board well um let's run these upstairs uh percy do you mind checking the cork board for us sure i'll go check it out see if there's anything on there of interest i walk up to the cork board and go peruse it there are zero flyers on the cork board that's, this is Oh good lord, Curry, how are you carrying fifteen packages? Get hand some over, please. That why why is there not, not nothing on here? I walk up to the um lady behind the bar, forget her name, and go ask her if she knows what's up. Okay, go ahead and do that in character. What's her name again? You can just say bartender. True. Hey Nusi, um where where's everyone at? I mean sh- surely I know sometimes the guild hall isn't that that populated, but surely there'd be someone else around. <laughs> oh, there's no way you've forgotten what today is. Um, 
a Friday? It is a Friday. She laughs and continues to polish the three somethings. <laughs> uh, oh, these new members, they get me every time. <laughs> um, could, could you explain? I'm, I'm a little confused here. Of course. It's bang. You hear a loud noise from outside the bar. Uh, Tanger will come running down the stairs with Barsook. Barsook, did you hear that noise? <sighs> Blast. Are the sorcerers shooting fireballs through the window again? <sighs> Let's go check it out. Need to walk uh, out the door. Before I leave, I'm going to head to the bar and uh, ask uh, the bartender for, of course, a dry martini, three olives. And uh, look at the somethings that she's polishing. She slides a martini exactly as you ordered. I think dry has meaning. Is that gin? Is mm. uh, Well, I guess uh, Tanger would have a gin martini, but it's with vermouth. Vermouth. So dry is vermouth. Mm. Dirty is olive juice. Dirty is olive juice. Dry is... Okay, got it. Got it. Okay. Uh, Nusi knows what all of those words mean, even though the DM doesn't... <laughs> DM needs to study some bartending. But um, she makes her drink perfectly because she has passed... Oh, I do know this. I knew a bartender one time, and he told me that the test for becoming a bartender was that he had to make 10 drinks in 10 minutes, and they, like, shout them at you. They're like, dry martini, go! <laughs> so she passed her test. <laughs> she slides it across the bar, and you see that she is polishing a trophy. Three trophies, actually. It is then that Percy and Barsook open the door, I assume, to the guild hall, yeah? Yeah. Yes. You rush outside and see fireworks. It's fireworks that were making those sounds. Crowds are pouring through the street, all of them heading left to right in the same direction towards the port. Why are there fireworks going on? Is someone important arriving? I mean, who's, who's important enough for fireworks? Tanager, do a perception check. Oh, yeah, I'm super good at those. I'm actually not bad. Oh, but that is a six on the dice. So, with my five bonus, uh, oh, it's six now. Uh, that is 12. With the 12, you see that these are sporting competition trophies that say winner fire-breathing kittens on them. I uh, do a dramatic camera turn to the people at the door and go, Oh my god, boys. It's the Nickel Boy Fighting Tournament. <laughs> it's a fighting tournament? That was this week? <laughs> uh, I have to go get my armor on. I'll be back down in a minute. Uh, t tell uh, Mobius to bring the carriage around. Tanger has a carriage now. Fancy. Yeah. Splendid. Uh... Yeah, and then Tantra's gonna go put on his armor, but I guess he can't undye his hair, so he's going to the fighting tournament with rainbow hair. <laughs> no, no, that's totally fine, Tanager. The more colorful, the more vibrant, the better. Yes. It's a distraction for the enemies. I have to prepare myself. Get Fetch the oil. <laughs> oh, I've already got it on me, buddy. Tanager pulls out a flask and goes, let's win this one for Mendex. Uh, 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 toss, toss, I need some. Alright, I, I oil up my bros. <laughs> <laughs> Probably much to the chagrin of my carriage driver. 
It'll come out of the seats. Don't worry about it. <laughs> the carriage driver is going to roll a quick butler skill check. Uh, and his name is Mobius. Oh, Mobius has been to the butler school. The, what was it? The feather something butler school. This this is canon. <laughs> uh, nice. I, I did shell him out double wages, so. Oh my. Yeah, you hired the best carriage driver. You won't be, it's like when you taunt the queen's guards, you won't be able to get a reaction on their face, no matter what you do. I love you, Mobius. Sorry, we got oil everywhere again. Again? <laughs> oh, yeah, I really need to get the... I, I should switch over to leather instead of velvet. Um, But, uh, yeah, boys, we got the fighting tournament on our hands. We gotta win it for him this year. This is very, very important, and, like, I can't believe I'm getting to do it, honestly. I'm really not that... I mean, I'm great at fighting. Believe in me. I'm not the greatest fighter myself, but... Don't worry there, Danager. I know I'm new, but I spent years in fighting pits. We got this. Trust me on this. Yes, I do have this cool new mall. I got it from the pyramid. And Tanager's holding a massive golden, like, king's scepter. But, like, the size of a mall, so probably, like, three and a half, close to four feet tall, made of solid gold. That looks expensive. Yeah, I'm I'm sure whatever mummy I stole it from is super mad. I can imagine. Tell me, uh, have you considered cutting it in half? Just to make, you know, a pair? Just to uh, hit twice as many people at the same time? Uh, no, I'm more of an all-or-nothing fighter. I'm not that good. Which, speaking of which, what are your skill sets? What are we going into this? Because I got some illusion magic. I got copies. I got no heals. So... I'm not that kind of cleric. Oh, Everybody dear. take a drink. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a single healing spell, so I can, I can help out a little, and I've got my summoning magic, so that that, sh- that should do well, along with my wild shape. Hmm. Well, I uh, specialize in throwing down and giving very thorough beatdowns. Uh, fisticuffs, Orthbosviel. You know, throw me off a cliff with someone else, and someone else is going to be walking away a lot more hurt. All right, well, I've got a p- few game plans in mind. Let- let's get there, see the fighting arena. But I'm thinking you just play defense, keep us in the back casting. We got summons and illusions and things like that. And then anyone who breaks through, you give them the beatdown. That sounds like a wonderful plan to me. I'll give them the old Nicomoy clothesline. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Blood Red Rover. Um, well, Zach can do some damage. <laughs> you have the right idea. Uh, cool. So let's just drink it up on the way there. You guys, tell me what you do. Oh, but uh, well, we're gonna send the carriage to the port where we saw the fireworks. Um, and that conversation would have taken place like in transit. Alrighty, the carriage arrives at the port. A magically constructed long, wide pier leads to a huge stadium that is floating on top of the water as if it were land. The open water of the port has been converted to a sports center. You walk up to the pier, and interestingly, the magical material that it's been constructed out of is clear. You can see right down into the water below. It's unnerving but cool to set your feet upon this clear, strong material that the pier is made out of. 
The chatter of the crowd surrounds you, and you smell food aromas wafting from up ahead. It is a bright, sunny autumn day. The sun fights off any chill. This is one interesting-looking festival. I, I wonder, do, do you want to, you know, quickly go pop and see if we can find some food? Festival food's always the best. Yeah, sounds great to me. They head up the long gangplank to the arena. It's it's like a pier. It's really wide, and people can walk up it. And you're walking with the crowd on this clear magical material to the arena. All right, entering the arena. On the right is the word tickets. On the left are the words sign up. And straight ahead are some arrows that say souvenirs, temples, bathrooms, food. You guys want to go sign up and then go get some food? Yeah, we should probably hit the booths in that order. Figure out what the tickets are for. If if this is like carnival style where we need a bunch of tickets to go in. Or if we just need a ticket to enter. Then we'll sign up and stuff. Just a thought, maybe we should see what the window for signing up is first. I'd really hate to enjoy a few carnival rides and street meat, just to find out I arrived 30 seconds late. Yes, let's divide and conquer. So, I'll supervise. <laughs> you do uh, tickets, and then Percy can... Uh, t- or sorry, Percy, you take care of t- uh, tickets, and then uh, Barsook, you can do sign-ups. Sound good? Divide and conquer, excellent plan. Sounds like a good plan. Let's do it. I'll walk up to the ticket booth and go see what the ticket situation is. You see that if you would like to enter the arena, you need one ticket, which costs one gold each. The tickets are for the spectators. Yeah, obviously we we want to be participating, not spectating. So I'll walk back to um, Barsook and go um, see how how he's doing with the sign-up. Barsuk, in the meantime, you have found that a lot of very experienced fighter-looking people are in this line for the sign-up. Do I recognize any of them? Roll a history check. Like any particularly check. famous? <laughs> oh, three. After modifiers. With the three after modifiers, you do recognize one of them. You walk up to them, the name is on their tip of your tongue, and you're like, oh, Oh, I know that person. They have a very specific goatee mustache thing going on and long yellow hair and they're really buff and tan and their name starts with an H. It's a, it's a, mm, and then you blink. Oh, oh by the gods, by the gods, by the gods. <sighs> Keep it cool, Barsook. Keep it cool. It's only your hero and you're only completely forgetting everything about them. Relax, let them come to you, let them introduce themselves. The person with their incredible rippling muscles, and they're wearing this t-shirt that's so thin that they could rip it between their two hands, and you have a feeling that they're going to later. (laughs) Yes! So cool! They are surrounded by fans, and they're currently signing something with their back to you, handing it to a fan. They look like they're a really kind, nice person, and everyone who's their fan is getting their stuff signed and they don't look like overwhelmed or scared of the mob. They're in, they're in the moment. They're loving it. They're reveling in the attention. I, I am going to just like uh, pockets, pockets, uh, no paper, no paper, uh, my rope, my rope, my rope. There's a white stripe. He can totally sign that. And, and I just run up incredibly excited to be seeing this person bearing my back to them and just pointing, please, 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 please. <laughs> 
they take out a massive magical sharpie and they sign a scribble across your back that you can't see or read because it's on your back. You'll remember their name later when I you can see care. a mirror. <laughs> cool, bro. Yeah. You're awesome. You are so awesome. Thank you. I'm going to treasure this forever. It'll be a family heirloom. Rock on, man. <laughs> they give you a high five. <laughs> and it is then that your teammates see you and wave from the end of the line. <laughs> he signed it. He signed my back. He signed it. Oh, cool. I can't believe they signed your back. And then Tanager's going to go buy uh, probably like 200 tickets and then just go start like throwing them at people who like look like they can't afford to get in. The crowd cheers. Woo! Scalpers are the best. <laughs> yes. This is because the fire-breathing kittens are generous, and we don't do that much arson. We're rebranding. <laughs> arson is no longer our thing. Sort of. <laughs> just asterisk. Um, but just so Tanninger knows, what did the name say? The name said, I've got a few options, so give me a second. Wow, a man of mystery. So many aliases. <laughs> the name said Harlan, and he's a half-orc artificer with the fire-breathing kittens. Ooh, from the past. Blast from the past. Are you guys starting to join the sign-up line? Oh, I've oh, gotten yeah. three forms for each of us. Well, it's a really long I want line. to get us signed up, but I'm not going to forge signatures. Okay, so the, the sign-up line, you actually, it's it stretches out further than you can see. So it's like a thing that you join the end of, but you can't see where it ends. So my question is, do you join the really, really long sign-up line? Yeah. Tanager's going to do that dirtbag amusement park thing where I'm just going out to do something else and then show up halfway with like a funnel cake and like having passed out the tickets and stuff and be like oh these are my friends I'm with them they were holding my place <laughs> one of those people do a persuasion check and let's see how the human that you're trying to cut in line of reacts I'll take a 23 uh, of course <laughs> sir right yeah here <laughs> Cool. Do you want some funnel cake? What's your name? My name's Bartholomew, and according to this dice, I would love some funnel cake. <laughs> Here you go. I split my funnel cake with Bartholomew. Aw. They're just a really nice person, and they don't mind at all. <laughs> okay. Uh, I just have more questions about Bartholomew. We should probably focus on the fighting tournament. <laughs> okay. All right, so... You guys are in line for the sign-up. There is a long line of people in a hallway. There are so many people here. As you're standing there, the line shuffles forward a little bit, and then you stand, and then the line shuffles forward a little bit, and then you stand, and then the line shuffles forward a little bit. You can hear waves outside the window as you're standing on this constructed, massive building that is treating the ocean as extra usable land. On the right wall you see a sign that says rules. As you stand in line, they're going to educate you about the rules of the fighting competition before you can sign up. The sign says rules. Everybody ready? I hope you got your pen. A contestant loses if they are unconscious or not visibly in the ring for 10 counts, which there's going to be a referee. It goes one, two, three, which in D&D &D terms is two rounds. Here is an example for you guys. 
If something happens and you go out of the ring, which is a raised platform, and you start your turn outside the ring, that is one round, you starting your turn outside the ring, and that's okay. But if you don't get back in the ring, and if it's your turn on the second time you start your turn outside the ring, you're out, you lose. Does that make sense, everybody? Yes. So they knock you out on their turn. You can start your next turn outside the ring, but the following turn, you have to start in the ring. Yes. Perfect. Or you are out of the match. Your teammates are then down a member. Flying, burrowing, and turning invisible all count as not visibly being in the ring. So this is an interesting case of aggressive invisibility where you can turn someone invisible to disqualify them. Cool. If only I could turn things invisible. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, I welcome them staying on the ground. The entry fee is 1,000 gold plus one diamond worth at least 300 gold, which will be returned to you if not consumed, or 1,300 gold even, which will not be reimbursed. Teams of three will fight until the round has been decided. Up to 1,000 entrants fighting as 333 teams of three may enter. This is double elimination, so you have to all be eliminated twice to for your team to lose. And it's winner takes all. One million gold. Anybody have any questions on the rules of the fighting tournament? I'm square. Almost squared away. Sounds good. Sounds like a straightforward scrap to me. That one million gold is pretty appealing. Yeah. All right, everybody, as you're standing in line reading these rules, do a perception check. That's a 24. That is a 10. It's a 21 for me. Percy and Tanager are pretty perceptive, and you both see a sign on the wall that says, Teams of three only beyond this point. Uh, Is there an option to bet? Um, yes. But you haven't found it. Okay. So, yeah, I, I would just have asked somebody, like, hey, can I gamble? And they're like, yeah, keep going. <laughs> yes, you can. But uh, it's on the it's on the DL. <laughs> cool. So we're going to bet that whole million, right? Well, the million's a reward, so we, ha- we have to win the tournament before we can bet the million. Well, they don't have to know that. <laughs> Bartholomew the human. Fellas, I'm going like- to be honest with you. I have... A scant 30-some gold to my name. I do not have the spare change to be betting on us. Or anyone. Uh, well, don't worry. We'll cover the entry fee. Uh, then I... It, was Bartholomew mumbling something? Yeah. Bartholomew the human was the one who told you that there's betting here, but it's on the down low. And he slides you a piece of paper with information. It says... Uh, it says the name <laughs> of a food stall. It says... Um... Okay, can you guys think of a really good food stall name? Yeah, um, Hot Tacos Cold Beer. Ah, I want that. Okay, (laughs) Hot Tacos Cold Beer is, he just, he just slips you that and it's like, yeah, yeah, it's on the down low. That's where the betting is. Uh, Bartholomew, you're super cool, dude. Like, (laughs) do you want to hang out sometime? Like, what do you do for work? Why are you... Like, participating in this. With your 24 perception check, you see that he has a guild insignia on him. Of the fire-breathing kittens? Unfortunately, no. I think you know what this is. He's a sunblade. 
Oh, gross. How deep's the tattoo? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, depends on how sharp the knife is. Oh, no. (laughs) We can make him much cooler than this. And and tattoo redos are not an option. (laughs) Uh, So I notice it, like, try to maintain composure as I don't recoil. And go like, oh, cool, man. So, yeah. Uh, you, do you have a team? Are you doing solo? Are there more sunblades here? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Me and these two other sunblades, and he points to two people behind him who look decidedly less cool. (laughs) Oh, Oh, yeah, we're totally gonna win it all. Okay, like... Okay, man. Like, you know we're a team of three and we're fire-breathing kittens, right? You guys are fire-breathing kittens? Tanager, I thought you were cool. Okay, we have beef now. (laughs) I can't believe I shared my funnel cake with you, Bartholomew. (laughs) All right, and then, by the way, Tanager, since you got a 24 before on your perception check, you were the highest. Tanager, you see. Tanager, as you are standing in line watching the people mill about on their way to the concession stand, Aaron, your Triton friend, seems to be on a date with Simmons the Kind. Who, uh, oh, you remember. Yeah, oh my god, this is like nerd fest. <laughs> um. The two look happy as they chat about something. It's too far away to hear them because you guys are in line for the sign-up and they're in line for the concession. But they're gesturing to the menu poster and probably picking which food to share. And is that... Hmm. Walking up to the end of the line behind them, they're kind of closer to where the food is distributed. They're in line for hot tacos and cold beer. And walking up to the end of the line, behind them, hair in a ponytail, wearing glasses, moving with her lithe alien beauty, is Drusilla. She cues, joining the line nonchalantly, as if she hadn't seen her deceased lover, Simmons the Kind, return to life. There's going to be some drama here. Yeah, this is not good, boys. I should... Definitely interject myself. But we can't. It says teams of three beyond this point. If you oh. leave the line, we're, we're screwed. Oh, that's right. I made enemies with Bartholomew. Who, again, is like a foot away from me as I'm saying this. <laughs> I don't... I just Wait. real quick. Out of character, I have gotten into a fight with someone at an amusement park while in line for a ride. And it's hell on earth. Because you just stand there for, like, 15 more minutes. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. Um, I'm going to call over to Drusilla. All right. What do you say in character? What do you say to your ex? Uh, <laughs> oh, resisting so many mean jokes thinking about exes. Um... Hey, Drusilla! Drusilla, it's me, Tanninger! We live together! (laughs) She looks up. She hasn't seen Aaron or Cement the Kind yet, and turns and looks at you, and her face, which was in a pretty chill, like, hey, I'm at a a festival, I'm gonna get some hot tacos and cold beer, like, happy expression, sees you, and before she can poke her face, frowns, but then quickly, quickly fixes that expression. (laughs) She says, oh, Tanager, I see you again. How did that thing work out with the ocean? 
Oh, yeah, no, Nixie, like, lives with me now. I guess I'm, like, her caretaker. I don't know how I ended up with the job. We mostly do karaoke. Uh, these are my friends, Percy and Barsook. Say hello. This is the, uh, woman who, uh, I would say break my heart, but also help me grow as a person. Like, I, I don't know. How would you explain our relationship, Drew Drew? <laughs> I'm trying to keep her attention on me until I see them leave Hot Tacos Cold Beer. Nice. Percy has a very odd expression on his face, like... Personal growth, yay, but, you know, exes and awkwardness. Like, doesn't know how to feel. So I'm just going to do the wave. Hi. With, you know, weird, the, the hand up, you know, small wave. <laughs> she mirrors uh, Barsook stops. Oh. Barsook stops uh, ch- trying to look over his shoulder constantly like a dog chasing his own tail, trying to get that name. It's still on the tip of his tongue, but he's still so excited about it. And stops to see the ex. Oh, Tanager, you didn't tell me you had such a pretty friend. Uh, hello. Yeah, put it on ice bar, Sook. <laughs> yes, uh, Drusilla, she is a vision of beauty. Uh, forged out of nature itself, right? What? T- tell us about that. That must have been crazy. <laughs> She stops herself before she defines your relationship as anything. So, like, you couldn't tell if she was about to say a mistake or a learning experience. You can't tell because she's distracted by you talking about herself. Everyone loves hearing about themselves. I'm going to say that because of that, you succeed. And she tells you all about her. So she's immortal and she's a druid and she has uh, a grove. It's on a tropical island. And you can tell that she would rather not be talking or introducing herself to you guys but because she's talking about herself she's gonna keep going tanager watches as aaron and simon the kind collect their food aaron feeds simon the kind a spoonful of whipped cream simon the kind smiles in delight at the sweet treat and they walk off into the crowd without her having noticed them success tanager is just like guys stop being so adorable for two seconds it could be on a postcard. <laughs> you hear that, Percy? We're adorable. <laughs> I mean, what can I say? Hey, I do my best. Uh, Drusilla, so are you going to bet on us in the match? Uh, do you have gold? I'm very rich. <laughs> uh, as a dryad of nature, she totally does not care that you're very rich, and she sees your flexing as just like posturing. And she's like, I don't bet. And then uh, because <laughs> somehow the sight of you has, for some reason, ruined her appetite. <laughs> she has no appetite anymore and disengages from you and heads to her seat. It was nice to see you, Tanager. Uh, best of luck. It looks like you're competing. Yeah. Yeah. Bye. Um, you're going you're gonna to see me, Drusilla. Oh, great. <laughs> and then she heads off to her seat. I love you. <laughs> I'm all under my breath. <laughs> so that was hard wrenching. <laughs> You've come pretty far this season. Are you still? Is Tanager still in love with Drusilla? Tanager is in love with everybody in the world. Okay. He just knows Drusilla better, <laughs> and like he doesn't want to get back with her, but that doesn't mean he loves her any less as an individual. Like he knows how 
toxic and bad that their relationship is. And that's why he likes to like, they don't have like a scrapbook of pictures together, but being nasty to each other is like, Oh, this is just like back then. <laughs> but we did have a healthy relationship until Tanager wanted to start drinking beer and gambling again, <laughs> which is like, he's like, you are totally valid for me breaking up with you and being mad at me. <laughs> he, uh, he was in his early twenties. Then we all make mistakes, folks. Come on. Yeah. Five stars on a five-star review only. <laughs> <laughs> they kind of split up and had their separate ways, and the line continues. So now we have Barsuk, Percy, and Tanager shuffling ahead in line. Uh, now Drusilla is long gone. She's no longer in sight. She's moved off to her seat. And you three now see the table with the registering person ahead of you. It looks like people are going into a room as they pay. You're not sure where they're going after that because no one is coming out of the room. By the way, engineers listening to this at home, one-way direction of traffic is a really good method for crowd control as long as you don't encourage people to turn around. That can cause stampedes. So definitely engineer your crowds, otherwise you can crush people to death. It looks like the crowds are being directed through this room to somewhere else after they enter because they aren't re-emerging again. The line shuffles, and now you three are standing in front of a table. A man pushes a tray across the table at you and says, Entry fee, please. And it becomes clear that if you put your money on this tray and pay him, you can pass this table and enter in the, into the room beyond. Tanninger will pay for the group, because he has a bunch of raw coinage. And then he's also going to pay for Bartholomew and his group. Uh... Just as like, hey, I just, I don't know what your financial situation is like, so I just wanted to make sure I got a chance to kick the crap out of you. <laughs> One of those rich people bones. Please subtract 7,800 gold from your character sheet. On top of the 200 gold I spent in tickets, that's a firm 8,000 in about 45 minutes, baby. Beat me. <laughs> rich people. <laughs> <laughs> The person sitting behind the table gives each of you a chest-sized paper, proclaiming a big number, 150, 151, and 152. Which of you gets each number? Well, I think since Taja paid the admissions fee, uh, you would get first pick, my friend. I like 151 because it's a palindrome. No, it's not. You're missing I don't know what five. a palindrome is. Well, wait, wait, is it not one digit enough? Well, it's equal on both sides. No, there's a five on to... the one side. I thought it was one five uh, zero. Isn't it no, one five zero one? Oh, yes, I missed a digit. I'm sorry. I've been drinking since yesterday. <laughs> the numbers are one five zero, one five one, and one five two. Oh, then it is a palindrome. Yes, you were right. I was wrong. And now you have to drink, and I pass him the flask. I take a giant swig. Yeah, fighting tournament. We can drink because we're not religious weirdos. And I shoot a glance at Bartholomew. <laughs> he's so angry. He hasn't yet found out that you've paid for him. But when he finds out, he's not going to be pleased. And I respect everybody's choice to drink or not drink. I just don't like Bartholomew. <laughs> All right. Tanager's 151. Barsuk, why don't you go ahead and pick next? Well, I'll take the 152. That was my, uh... Weights back in the freshman years in wrestling. Mm, lean fella. Yeah, 
used to be. He pats his gut quite fondly. Well, you're looking great now as well, my friend. And I pat his gut fondly. (laughs) (laughs) Do it enough, it'll dance. And that makes Percy 1-5-0. Beyond the table, you open the door, Percy, because you are first. And, uh, actually, could everyone else please remove your headphones? I'll wave you back in like this. Cool. Bye, everyone. (laughs) You open the door and you step into an about bedroom-sized room. You can see the other wall of it clearly, but it's not close enough to touch. A person is sitting behind a desk on the left wall, leaving the majority of the room as open space. She says, Welcome! Which of your skills would you like to use to qualify? Strength, dexterity, constitution, intelligence, wisdom, or charisma? Well, I I am a rather wise individual, so I guess I'll go with wisdom. The woman points to the wall of two doors behind her. She says, One of these doors takes you to the next stage in the tournament. The other takes you to general admission. Take the right door. Um, so I could just take the right door and listen to her. Yeah, so I'm going to walk through the right door. The door on the right. (laughs) You pass. (laughs) Uh, The next room has rows of chairs. You can see people waiting for their party members here. Go ahead and take off your headphones. You pass. I'll wave you in with this. Next up is number 151, Tanager. Barsook, if you could please remove your headphones. All right, Tanager. You open the door and you step into an about bedroom-sized room. You can see the other wall of it clearly, but it's not close enough to touch. A person is sitting behind a desk on the left wall, leaving the majority of the room as open space. She says, Welcome. Which of your skills would you like to use to qualify? Strength? Dexterity, constitution, intelligence, wisdom, or charisma? I just give her a sly smile in response. I think you know, miss. The woman smiles at you, holding a tomato in her hand threateningly, and says, Okay, charisma it is. Say something beautiful. I step across the room, gently glide a finger across the desk, lean in close, push the tomato away with my left hand, Look her deeply in the eyes and go, something beautiful. Whoa, roll a persuasion check. (laughs) Heck yeah, baby. I'll take a 23. (laughs) You pass. She points to the door (laughs) on the right and says, please join your companion. I uh, sit down on her desk. Oh, you meant the the ones I came with. Okay, sorry. (laughs) But I'll see you after I win this thing, okay? And I give her a wink. Uh, (laughs) she winks back her name is marjorie (laughs) marjorie yeah i'm i'm marjorie yeah you can see me after and all right go to the next room you (laughs) (laughs) barsook you open the door and you step into an about bedroom sized room you can see the other wall of it clearly but it's not close enough to touch A person is sitting behind a desk on the left wall, leaving the majority of the room as open space. She says, Welcome. Which of your skills would you like to use to qualify? Strength, dexterity, constitution, intelligence, wisdom, or charisma? Well, I'll take constitution. Of course, sir. She hands you a tomato and says, Show me your constitution. How rotten is the tomato? 
It's not fresh. Ah, just like Mother used to make. And just scarfs it down. Please make a constitution saving throw. That would be 18. You pass. She waits and watches. You don't vomit. And she says, you pass, sir. Please take the right door. There's two doors behind you. She's pointing to the one on the right. Thank you very much, ma'am. I'm going to take the one on the right. You walk through the door on the right, and you enter a room that has rows of chairs. You see your other two party members here. <laughs> yeah, hey, so like, guys, we're in. Yeah, dude, she she was totally feeling me. Like, I don't know. I, I got this thing with Mer, like, but she's like a whole other city. You know? Oh, what's up? Hey! <laughs> two uh, I'm a one-woman man myself. Why? She's nice. She's sweet. I make her laugh and she makes me smile. But hey, no no judgment if you're still young and enjoying a wildlife of freedom. Yes, of course I'm young. Who told you otherwise? No one. No, not not your dryad ex. Okay, okay. Let's save this energy for the ring, my boys. Um... What do we see, like, around us? We we were told that there was a, uh... Well, uh, continuity check. Hot Tacos Cold Beer was the name of the place that they gamble at, but was that outside, or was that inside? It's beyond the place where a person would need a ticket to enter. You could see it from where you were queuing for the sign-up, but you could no longer see it from where you are now. Can we go in and out, or is it, like... You're in a square room with lines of chairs. If you do a perception check, I'll tell you who all is in the room around you and where the exits are. Uh, perfect. Help me out with this, boys. I'm not great at this. Well, apparently I'm not either. That's an 11. Don't worry, boys. I got you. 22. 16. Clutch. Percy, you see, sitting in a chair... Waiting for the rest of their party is an orange-furred tabaxi woman. <laughs> oh, expletive! <laughs> <laughs> she looks upset. <laughs> I go and explain to everyone who I see. Uh, ooh, okay. So, Tanner, <laughs> oh, ah. Uh, Sorry for the listeners, but uh, imagine you were in Tanager's hooves right now. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, does he know the expression on his face? Like, how busted can he tell that he is? <laughs> Very busted. <laughs> so, Tanager's going to look at his friends and be like, so is it just only people that I'm with here today? Like, I mean, it could fill the stadium, I guess, but like... I just, I don't know. This is probably the work of frickin' Mephistopheles, goddamn devil. Um, How many hearts have you broken? None. I've only created love in the world, and whether that love lasts forever or not is up for a matter of debate, but I've never lied, I've never deceived. But, uh, like I said, uh, you know, I've been around, I've been around. I'm on a boat, dude. Um... (laughs) So I take it you've broken a few hearts, then. That's up for them to decide whether I've broken their heart or not. I've never intentionally done anything, ever. And he takes a sip from his sacred flask. 
Uh, yeah, I should probably go talk to Mer. <laughs> Boys, uh, I really don't want to lose any HP, so, uh, could you just, like, back me up on this one? Woke up with him as backup. On one condition. Well, what's the condition, my friend? What name is on my back? Oh, It's been driving uh, me crazy and I cannot see it. Tanager, you see that it says Hulk Harlan. <laughs> uh, oh, you Hulk Harlan signed your back, dude. Ah, oh, thank you. Oh, I Harkomania. Oh, oh, yes, I was there in the stands. It was so exciting. Oh, I can't believe he signed my robe. Oh, <sighs> thank you. That has been driving me insane. I can actually focus now. Wait, he signed your... He signed your robe? To check it out? To, uh, just a small point of order. Did it not occur to you to take the robe off and look at it? Well, let's just say I don't want to spoil the surprise that will be unveiled in the ring. Tanager respects. <laughs> Are you going commando under there? Uh, athlete never reveals his secrets. Okay, well, my, like, pseudo-girlfriend is super pissed at me, because I just, like, really actively flirted <laughs> for, like, a very mechanical reason and then had way too much fun with it, <laughs> not knowing what was almost assuredly waiting for me. <laughs> dude, I, I dude, I'm gonna send you my game notes. Uh, she was in this room before this game started. It was amazing timing. I wish I was that good at improv, but she was... <laughs> okay. I just will say, I was gaslit and baited. He said, what skill do you want to use? Oh, I'm going to use my H strength. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> no, I'm going to flirt with the girl. <laughs> wait, wait a moment. Uh, you two didn't have to eat a rotten tomato? You ate a rotten tomato? <laughs> it was rotten! What did you, like, crush it between your thighs? They gave me a tomato and said, prove your constitution. <laughs> what else was I supposed to do? I mean, that's a, you could have put it in your eye or something. It was already rotten. A toddler could do that. Dude, you're going to get diarrhea in the middle of the match. <laughs> and with that, Murr walks up to you because you're clearly losing it over here. <laughs> like beat red. And she's like, she crosses her arms, folds them across her chest and says, Tanager. Is Tanager going to play this? Tanager is going to play it like this. Oh, uh, what's up? <laughs> My friend ate a rotten tomato. You want to you help me make him puke it up? Uh, she looks not interested in doing that. And what she says is, oh, you're competing too? I hope we're not up against one another. I'd hate to have to beat you up. She chuckles and elbows you playfully, but it hurts. Uh, so, Mer, just out of curiosity, what skill did you use to get through the test? Have you guys ever played a ranger? What's their top skill? Uh, dex or wisdom, depending if they're going to go spellcaster or not. Okay. She dodged a tomato, so she says, I just, you know, used my ranger strengths, and she brushes off her sleeve. She has no tomato splat marks on her, so she dodged it well. Uh, Tanager kind of smiles at her and goes like, well, I used, uh... The one skill I have, you know? I do know. <laughs> you know, uh... Reveler right, you do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
her orange fur is beautiful. She is a tabaxi, so it's a cat-faced person. If you guys have ever seen the musical Cats, I'm talking that one. That's right, the movie. Yep. <laughs> Don't see it if you haven't, but if you have, you can't forget this. <laughs> You will never if you forget. Don't, if you don't, if you like bad movies, you have to watch it. Just a different opinion. <laughs> you will be scarred for life. <laughs> she is that orange-furred Catwoman, and she is actually wearing something. Uh, Tanager, you notice that she is wearing a corsage. She is wearing a pink hollyhock flower and a green bay leaf. Could this be your conversational out to distract her? It could be, and I think it will be. Oh, Corsage, that's lovely. I, uh, like, walk my goat eyes with her and then lean in to smell it, trying to be like, okay, well, she did say, you know, she knows my skills well. Let me see if I can charisma my way out of this. Ah, okay. <sighs> All right, you're entering her personal space. Roll a persuasion check. That's a 26. Yeah, she eats it up. Unlike you with the corsage, goat man, keep your lips to yourself. <laughs> she says, oh, this old thing? Gesturing to the corsage. If I win, I'll use my victory speech time spot to convince everyone watching that my flower shop in Gardilu is worth a visit. Hey, uh, Tanager, the orange-furred tabaxi woman reaches into her bag and withdraws a yellow to pink ombre zinnia. She holds out the zinnia to you, Tanager, and says, wear this for me, would you? Maybe it'll give you good luck out there. And if you win, be sure to tell people about my store. There's nothing more I want in the world, Mer. And he proudly, uh, well, I guess he's wearing a breastplate, so he would, like, stick it behind his ear. Like, sort of like the Roman senator wreath. Yeah. It is a yellow to pink ombre zinnia. The flower looks pretty in your hair. Mer, I, look, just, I'm, I'm gonna make it quick. I don't want to get a bunch of drama going up. I didn't know you were, like, a one-man deal. Um, I'm happy to have this discussion, and I'm sorry if I upset you. And I'm gonna do the fade to black on the relationship discussion between Murr and Tanager. You guys define your relationship boundaries and your monogamous versus, I guess, uh, multi-polyamorous, you know, like, whatever. Uh, and uh, uh, the other I'll two don't, don't hear this. I'm gonna back off as the narrator. Y yeah, I just didn't, as a player, want to encourage using flirting to get out of, uh, like, upsetting someone. So, you yeah. really should have a discussion if you hurt someone's feelings. That's all I wanted to do. You guys have a genuine heart-to-heart -heart discussion. And uh, it it's something that the other two players give you space on. They, uh, <laughs> they you know... So, I'm going to say Barsuk and Percy... What are you guys doing in this waiting room? As those two are having like a clear heart to heart, they are defining their relationship boundaries and they're progressing as a couple towards a greater intimacy and trust. Well, I have a set of dice, so I'm like, do you want to play some dice games? You know, maybe, you know, bide some time while these two um, get all serious before they have to rip their faces, each other's faces apart in the fighting tournament. <laughs> well, I'm happy to. Learn a new pastime? Uh, me? I'm going to tune up Bossfield. And go off in the corner. Play a few bars. Make sure that she won't uh, fall apart on me in the ring. Nice. Alright, that's actually really cool. And everyone around you is listening and enjoying. I mean, an instrument is a great way to pass the time. If you guys have ever been without your phone, 
in a place with other humans. Oh man, it's awful. Right? So the music makes everyone feel more comfortable. And you notice that, uh, by the way, you two notice, Tanager, you're distracted. Um, oh, with what? <laughs> <laughs> there are people who have noticed that their party members were not able to join them. And you can see them forming loose clumps of three. Because uh, whether or not your party members made it through, you're going to need two others to join you in the ring. So you can see like that Sunblade from earlier, um, specifically Barsuk, you notice as you play that they are joining up with someone in a cowl and another person who just kind of looks like emo. They have dark black hair, but it's been dyed and they're wearing like a maroon button up shirt and this long black trench coat. And those three are forming a party. And then Percy, I'd like you to do a perception check. 21. Oh, you're so perceptive. Okay. So, Percy, there's plants here. And you're like, whoa, plants. (laughs) So the uh, magically constructed planter in front of you, it's really cool because you can see the soil through the magically constructed material. And the roots are growing in the soil. And you got to step forward to examine it. Come on. Examine it, you know. I'll use shape, shape water to, you know, get some get some water together to water the plants and, you know, bide some time, you know, pull out some scissors, you know, trim, trim the hedges a little, make everything look good. <laughs> Please do a nature check. 21. Wow. Okay, you're good at nature too. You're perceptive. You're good at nature. You know that the three plants in this planter are thin purple lavender, wide and flat yellow pansies, and in the middle, rising tall with tiny white flowers, valerian. There is a meaning to these flowers. You can feel it. There's something whole and natural about what they're trying to communicate with you, druid. Purple, yellow, and white. Valerian, uh, lavender, pansies, in- and valerian. Um, can I do um, an investigation check to see why these, why these are significant? Actually, this is just a role-playing thing. If you understand this communication, it'll help you later in the game. If you look up this communication in the intermission, you can. And uh, it's all up to you, whatever. And if you don't get it, it won't really affect anything. It's just a chance for you to role-play as a druid. I don't know, I was just adding role-playing opportunities. But yeah, you, Percy, understand that there's a meaning to this. I'm going to go sit there and ponder it for like half an hour, you know, just (laughs) stroking my chin... Being all druid-like, what is the meaning of nature? The meaning of life itself. <laughs> I only know one of them, and it's a Game of Thrones reference. I'm like, uh. oh, it's so obscure. It's super obscure. You're not. You're, don't worry. No punishment if you don't get it. There's. You're not intended to get it. It's just like a, a Easter egg. I don't know. Anyway, so <laughs> all of our botanist listeners, okay. <laughs> people are like, oh. Lavender means this, and pansies mean this, and valerian means this. <gasps> <laughs> One person is like, guys, come on! <laughs> I know exactly what this is. How are you not getting it? How are you missing it? <laughs> flowers. Okay. So, from beyond the room, the crowd cheers loudly as a fight tumultuously wraps up, and the loudspeakers announce... Participants 150, 151, and 152, please make your way down to the floor. I end the uh, performance with a uh, bassy chord. Uh, that's our cue, folks. Go ahead and cheer for us. 
yeah, I give Bartholomew the finger and then dramatically walk into the arena. Plus, <laughs> <laughs> he's still half ponder- pondering the f- the meaning of the flowers, and then realizes his friends his friends are gone. So, oh, I I I guess I better go find them, <laughs> and and follows hey, them out. What are you doing, Percy? Come on! (laughs) You emerge from the tunnel in the arena wall. Above you, thousands of fans are cheering. Before you is a raised platform, a square 50 feet wide on each side. Steps made of solidified magic rise up to an elevated platform. And that is where I'm going to leave you at the end of part one. Joining us today were... Barsuk. Hey there. Can't wait for the first bout. Percy. Bye there. Guess I'm going to go ponder some lavender again. <laughs> and Tanager. Mer, Mer, Mer. I'm sorry. I have to go fight. We can finish this discussion later. You know I care about you. Oh, oh, oh. Tanager, good fellow. Bye. <laughs> Are you going to ask for reviews? Oh, I thought we did at the end. Uh... Hey, Tanager Goodfellow here, your friendly neighborhood fire-breathing kitten. If you've listened this far into the episode, you might as well give us a review. And if you've enjoyed what you hear so far, go ahead and give us five stars. That's what I do for you. (laughs) And you know what? We got very little time in our day that is dedicated to anything, so we'll read your review out loud if you want. So go ahead and leave us a review. Uh... I love you. (laughs) Bye. 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 We hope that you're enjoying this episode of the Fire Breathing Kittens podcast. Please leave us a review on iTunes.com. If you leave us a review, we'll read it on air. It's fun listening to the words of your review get read by the characters you know and love. So go to iTunes.com and leave us a review today. Can you think of someone who might enjoy this podcast? Please share it with them. Is their birthday coming up? A special anniversary? Would you like us to wish them a happy day on your behalf? You can arrange for us to read your shout out on air at firebreathingkittenspodcast.com through our partnership with the website Buy Me a Coffee. Do you enjoy reading books? You can find paperbacks and ebooks based on our adventures on Amazon.com in the bookstore, Fire Breathing Kittens, that part's all one word, podcast. The authors do a great job of adapting the stories into fun novels. We also have official merchandise on Redbubble.com. Imagine owning a notepad with the Fire Breathing Kitten logo on the front, or a t-shirt with one of your favorite characters. And lastly, I'd like to take a moment to sincerely thank all of you. We don't pay to advertise this show, so the only way we can grow is through the support of listeners like you. Thank you. Welcome back to Fire Breathing Kittens. We are joined again by Barsuk. Hey there. Percy. How you doing, guys? And Tanager. Yes, okay, okay. I care about you a lot, too. Oh, yes, uh, yeah, Tanager. The three are standing upon the raised platform of a fighting arena in the annual Nicomoy Fight Club. The crowds are cheering. The heroes are standing on the stage. And walking out to meet you is Bartholomew, a sunblade, a human, a 
kind person to most people who aren't fire-breathing kittens, this passionate, devoted paladin has a holy light surrounding them. Following Bartholomew is a tall, robed figure with a cowl covering their face. You can't see what's inside, but you know this cinder cloak is gonna is gonna bring the heat. And behind them is a well, it looks kinda like an emo or a goth, has dyed black hair, a long black trench coat, and a otherwise mild mannered looking maroon button up shirt. And this nerd is following the two up the steps to the arena. There is a referee with a black and white striped shirt standing in the middle of the arena. Once your opponents have reached their corner, which they do, the referee raises their hands above their heads. You three possess a label piece of paper that says 150, which is Percy. 151, which is Tanager, and Barsuk, which is 152. Your opponents have similarly a paper with a number on it, and the referee raises their hands above their head and says, Is everybody ready for Fight Club today? The crowd goes wild. (laughs) In this corner, we have a Sunblade, a Cindercloak, and a Moody Bookseller! And the crowd cheers. (laughs) They suck They're all respected guilds in Nicomui They have a long history of upholding the public duty And pursuing honor Only the cinder cloaks are cool (laughs) (laughs) And in this corner we have the fire breathing kittens The crowd's a little bit less loud in their applause for you Some mixed responses (laughs) One person mutters They burned down my house (laughs) <laughs> could i try and win the favor of the crowd barsook is experienced in pit fights so he's used to putting on a show and getting people hyped up yeah all right well it's time for the athlete to reveal his secrets he tears off the robe unveiling shorts that leave very little to the imagination very form-fitting his back covered in a cave bear badger very ferocious-looking creature. He uh, unhurls Basville, runs his finger along the string, and just starts playing a tune to get people psyched up and, Ah, come on with the fire-breathing kittens! Show us what you really think of us! That you love us! Roll a performance check. Alrighty. That comes out to... 16. The dice are not hot for me today. More of the crowd members are convinced that you are going to be entertaining than were before. The few people whose house were indeed burned down by fire-breathing kittens are drowned out by the excitement for bloodlust. Oh, we're going to give them some blood. Yeah! (laughs) It's the fight! And with that, the referee lowers their arms and says, Begin! And they run, like, to the edge of the arena. They're standing about five feet above the ground because the platform is raised. Right at that, that lip there where they could fall off, but they won't, you know. They're cool. And they're going to oversee what happens now. Everybody roll initiative. Nine. Seventeen. Twenty. Uh, okay, so everyone remembers the plan, right? I remember the plan, but we're only 50 feet apart right now? Yeah, well, let's... Okay. 
wait for spellcasters or ranged attacks. If they do that, let's move up. Um, otherwise, I can banish three people. Uh, but we should save that for a team that we really don't think we can win against. And then it's just make sure I don't get hit, and then I'll concentrate for two rounds, and then they're out. And I'll do that three times. The fighting order is... Barsook, then Percy, then Tanager, then the enemies. If everybody could please pre-roll your two hit and damage numbers by the time we get to you, that would be great. Thank you. Barsook, you're up first. You're 50 feet away from the Sunblade Bartholomew, the Cindercloak, and the Moody Bookseller. What do you do? Well, I'm going to use my bonus action to sharpen blade. It's a Kensei ability, costs three key points, and... For the next minute, I, Bosfield, is going to be a plus three magic warhammer, effectively. And then, I forget, is it a bonus action or a reaction to hold my action? Uh, it doesn't cost anything, you just hold it and it's based on a trigger. Okay. So I will delay my action to see if, I'm, I'm going to assume Bartholomew will be the one to try and clobber one of my friends in the face so if they start approaching i want to use my movement to intercept them and then bash their face in got it your reaction is held upon so when bartholomew moves forward you will have a reaction yes all right is that the end of your turn yes percy you're up you're 50 feet away from the opponents and barsuk just made his weapon way more cool uh, I'm gonna s- s- start out on lower notes so we can see what they're at. I'm gonna cast Conjure Animal, conjuring two dire wolves. So we we have we have a bit of a meat shield, and that is going to take my action, and then they get an initiative turn as well. They're gonna go on your initiative because we can't track everything here at Fire Breathing Kittens. So they're officially going to go on your turn. Starting next initiative, I assume. Sure. If they, if you'd like for them to go after your turn, that works. Like yeah. if you'd like them to go now, they can. Okay, they're gonna go now. Then I'm gonna have them use their movement to charge in. They have a fifty feet foot movement speed, so I'm gonna have them charge in and do their bite attack, which is twenty one to hit. Who are they attacking? The Sunblade, the Cindercloak, or the Moody Bookseller? The Sunblade, of course. <laughs> okay. Uh, the Sunblade's armor class is 17. They have plate armor on. <sighs> Frickin' nerd. Okay, and then to hit... Do you just want me to... Do you want me to do each of them individually or both of them as a single creature, if you know what I mean? Should I, do you want me to do two, two attacks to... Two attacks, brother. Yeah. Okay, first one is 11. It is... 22 to hit for the second one. That hits. And it is, its attack is 14. The two wolves summoned by the druids sink their fangs into the sunblade. They find purchase in the space between their patchy armor, I guess. Or maybe they... Oh, gosh. Fangs are very sharp, and they bite through the chainmail. And this sunblade goes down in HP. They... <laughs> comically have two wolves hanging off of their two arms. They've got their arms raised and a wolf is hanging off of each forearm. 
<laughs> and then they need to succeed on a DC 13 strength saving throw or they're not prone. They do succeed and they hold those two wolves up like uh, like racing flags. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> and then that's my turn. Got it. At the end of Percy's turn, Tanager, you're 50 feet away from the enemies. Barsook has a much fancier, better weapon. And Percy has sicked two wolves on Bartholomew. Bartholomew's holding them up. <laughs> And they hang from his arms. What do you do, Tanager? Tanager is going to summon his Echo, uh, which is the copy of Tanager that he can attack from. There's a separate one he can cast spells from, but he hasn't busted that one yet. Uh, so he can summon it 15 feet away. <laughs> so I'm going to move hmm, 15 feet. I'm going to move 10 feet up. Summon it 15 feet away and basically put it in the middle of the field, sort of like to back up Barsuk's um, reaction in case uh, the Sunblade moves. Okay, so the Echo is 10 plus 15 feet from them, like you summoned it after moving? Yeah, so it should be 25 feet away, you know. Uh, well, okay, no, sorry. 50 feet and 50 feet would be 100 feet, so it's like a fourth of the way there. Oh, um, it's so. Oh, wait, the distance no, 50 between feet you away, and the yeah. enemies is 50 feet, so the echo is indeed 25 feet. Cool. So I just have him midfielding. And then yeah. uh, as my action, might as well cast, like, uh, uh, sorry, I'm gonna, I think I'm going to do a vicious mockery. Just want to check if it's in range. Uh, yep, 60 feet. Cool. Uh, so a wisdom saving throw, please, from Bartholomew. As I say, like, hey, you messed up, bro. Like, you don't even have your friends with you because the Sunblades are a less than guild. Get your stuff together and join Fire Breathing Kittens. Cindercloak, you're cool. Why are you with this guy? <laughs> they rolled an 18. Does that pass? Uh, I'm using this from Bard. So, no, it does not. My check is 19. Whoa. Okay. Uh, they look ashamed that they're being represented with a cinder cloak and a moody bookseller, feeling that they are superior. Of course, the sunblades are better than these two guilds, and definitely you, firebreathing kittens. Uh, well, you know what? You can feel as bad about that as you want while you take a big fat eight damage, my guy. And you have disadvantage on your next attack roll before the end of your next turn. Because I burned you so hard. Looks like your sunblade. Looks like you need some sunscreen for that sunblade. <laughs> okay. I don't know. I already did my damage. But not all my jokes have to be perfect. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this sunblade has disadvantage on their next attack. And they look like they've taken a sick burn. It is now their turn. They have two wolves hanging from their arms. So rather than <laughs> step closer to you, Barsook, I think, yeah, they're just going to... Um, this is going to be a holy chant because the paladin worshiping their god is the most righteous of people. They start, like, if you could imagine one of those monotone, rhythmic chants that's just, it's so rich and overwhelming. So everybody within 30 feet, which is the echo, does the echo, I don't know. If you take uh. constitution saving throws, you're taking one if you're within 30 feet. And could you please, Percy, make two constitution saving throws for the wolves? Uh, does it take damage, like, if it takes half? 
This is uh, not a damaging effect. This it is... wouldn't affect him then. Okay. It, it only has one hit point, so like if anything hits it, it goes down. Or wait, I think it has like eighteen, but either way, it's no. It has one hit point. It is eighteen AC. Um, okay. Yeah, it's not a damaging effect. It's just um, roll a Constitution saving throw. So Percy the wolves. Nineteen and seventeen. Ah, okay. They both pass. Nothing happens. <laughs> and that is Bartholomew's turn. The Cinder Cloak says, I got you, bro, because the Cinder Cloaks are the coolest of the people on the enemy team, and shoots out two fireballs from its hands at the wolves. It is going to attack the wolf on the left arm for a 14 to hit. Does that hit? 14 hits. It's all class is 14. Oh, and the second one also hits. Both wolves take 17 fire damage each. The the cinder cloak having hurled fireballs at them. God, they're, they're so they're cool. Okay. I respect them so much. <laughs> Next, the moody bookseller rolls his eyes, has a sarcastic look on his face, and I'm going to roll a dice. <sighs> Tanager, you're one. Percy, you're two. And Barsook, you're three. Oh, boy. Barsook. This is the one I'm afraid of, honestly. Please make a wisdom saving throw. <laughs> Ah. Oh my god, if he commands you, I'm going to beat this nerd to death. <laughs> well, the good news. <laughs> A dirty 20. Yeah, nothing Ooh. happens. No, you're fine. And we got the saves on our team. Yeah. All right, and that ends their turn. Barsuk, we're back to you. You're 50 feet away from the enemies. Oh, Barsuk is very cross. He looks at the nerdy bookseller. You. Whatever you just tried, you messed up now. I am going to enter a rage. And I am going to use my 50 feet of movement to give him the old Nicomoy clothesline. So, 50 feet of movement to get up in his face. I will recklessly attack with Bosville. For those listening at home, reckless attack, I get to roll with advantage. But they get to roll with advantage when hitting me. That is... 24 on the first hit. Oh, yeah. I'm just going to tell you, it turns out a black trench coat, not great for the AC. Their armor class is 11. Oh, well, uh, both very clearly hit then. Damage will come out too. From those two smacks with boss feel, 27 damage. Whoa. That's a lot of damage. Describe what it looks Try like. Try it again now, punk. And I believe that is Barsook's turn. Describe what it looked like when you smacked him. Did you hit him with an instrument? Oh, uh, yes. Uh, so, Boss Veal is a, a long-necked string instrument with a very large body, almost like a bass guitar. But it's been re—it's been built with a very strong wood. With his uh, entertainer gladiator background, he's allowed to have a very unique weapon, as long as it's statistically the same. So I'm essentially hitting him first in the knees, the old Nicomoy clothesline, being a dwarf, that's what I can reach. And then when he's doubled over in pain, just give him an uppercut. If you guys have ever seen the show Black Books, the protagonist from that is now doubled over in pain. Uh, I love that show. All right, anyway. Um, yes, smacked him. Yes, smacked him good. Tanager, or no, Percy, it's your turn. You are currently 50 feet away from your wolves. Barsuk and the three enemies. So Percy Percy doesn't like close quarters combat, so he he's gonna stay right where he is and he's going to 
cost um, Summon Fey to get more meat shields in, in, into this battle. So, um, and it's got a range of 90 feet, so I'm going to have it him plop in the middle of the um, enemies. Um, it's an ally, takes its turn after mine. It's a Fey Spirit, a, a so-so um, fighter. So I'm going to do that as my action, and then I'm going to pass the turn to all of my beasties. All right, what do they do? So the the dire wolves ha- have got got their, their target already. So I'm going to let them go go at that um, guy again. First one is an eleven to hit. The armor class is seventeen. That misses. This sunblade is wearing plate armor. The second one is an 18 to hit. That hits. And it does 8 damage. Yikes. And Getting then, eaten by wolves. And it needs to do a DC 13 um, save or get knocked prone. What type of save? Um, Strength save. The wolf pulling at his arm tears something and you hear a crack and no longer can he lift his arm and he fails that he got a natural one so his bone broke. And uh, it's no longer obeying his commands, although he's a very strong person. He failed to save and... And um, he's knocked prone. Is knocked prone. Oof. On the ground. Okay. And then the Fae Spirit, I'm going to go have attack the caster that um, attacked Basuk. And then he's going to do 23 to hit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This dude in the trench coat has an AC of 11. <laughs> oh, okay. So it is going to be 10 um, piercing damage and 5 force damage. What does it look like? So the the, the phase is going to take his short sword, run up, run up, run up to him and just run him through. Oh, just goodness. Just keep his momentum and just... Oh my god! Straight in there. Whoa, whoa! <laughs> <laughs> it, it, really, this person wishes they were wearing more than a trench coat because that sword just <laughs> like butter through the leather. Yep, yep. <laughs> okay. And with the face spirit done, is that the end of your turn? That is the end of my turn. Okay, Tanager, you're up. You're forty feet away, and your echo is twenty-five. So I'm going to move five feet up. Use my bonus action to move my echo. Wait, no. Uh, they were 50 feet. So I'm going to move 15 feet up. Because it can't be with uh, farther than 30 feet away from me. So I'm going to move up to 20 feet. Put him at 30 feet, which should make the 50 foot gap cool. I'm going to summon it next to the Moody Bookseller. And then uh, have him do my new signature move. And again, this is just Tanninger, like, puppeting an image of him with his finger, uh, which he's going to use Mirthful Leaf to jump in the air, um, just rolling a D8. We're going to take f- five feet in the air award. I'm going to use uh, Telecon... Crap, I use my bonus action. Okay, he's not going to do that. He's going to do this next turn. He's just going to attack like a normal person. Okay, you started your turn 40 feet away. Uh, yes, I can attack from my, uh, Echo, so as long as he is 50 feet away. That's why I moved up to 20, I moved him up with my bonus, and now he is up next to the Moody Bookseller. Uh, he's attacking, 
uh, he got in, uh, I think you said the AC was 17. He got a 16, so he missed. Okay. Your echo runs the 25 feet up to the mo- the Sunblade, the Moody Bookseller? Sunblade. Moody Bookseller. Uh, Sunblade's Moody Bookseller's got enough AC is 11. Oh, so he hit. Yeah. Okay. Trench coat. Not good armor. Um, Plate armor, better. <laughs> wow, nerd. Okay, well then he hit, um, he has to make a constitution saving throw and he has to beat a 19, otherwise he's knocked prone. Also knocked prone. We have one prone Moody Bookseller. Uh, I didn't expect to hit, so I'm rolling my dice real quick. Um, oh, sorry. I was going to do something clever, and then I was like, eh, I'm not going to waste on this. That's a nine. That's 11 blunt magic damage as I use this massive golden staff to slam this emo kid to the ground. <laughs> the emo kid flies to the ground and... Oofs, and takes 11 damage. Ah, yeah, they're... Yeah, we're beating the crap out of them. Yeah, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a glass cannon situation. <laughs> they're not looking good. They've got blood, uh, just a little drop of blood appearing at the side of their mouth. Yeah. Oh, no, mouth blood. Yep, a little bit. <laughs> That's yep. not a good sign in media. <laughs> okay. It is now the enemy's turn. The Sunblade has disadvantage. I'm going to strike that out. And it's prone. So they use half their movement just to stand up. And then they're going to try to attack uh, Barsook because you were closer than you were before. But they're attacking you with disadvantage. No, they do have advantage. Hmm? Oh, uh, that's he should right. be able to it roll normally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, can just roll normally. Okay, so I'll just roll once. Nice. He's okay. welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, so please take, uh, I don't know, does a 20 hit your AC? <laughs> yes. Yes. My AC okay. is very low, 17. Please take 40 radiant damage, and your hit point maximum is reduced by this amount of damage taken. Uh, so I am a bear totem barbarian. Uh, so would that, does that affect the HP total reduction? As well. Yeah, your your HP maximum is reduced by the amount of damage that you just took as Bartholomew okay. calls down a holy light that, honestly, the heavens above strike you. That is what just happened. Paladins. Yeah, paladins. My brother's a frickin' paladin. <laughs> All right. I am down yeah. to 182 hit points. But the scary thing is you could be down more. Like, your hit point maximum was reduced. Ooh. Yeah. And that does not uh, return until you finish a long rest or receive Ooh, a spell like okay. a greater restoration. Yeah. yeah those hit points okay, just went th- to Okay, this God. might be a problem if it happens again. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That was their turn, and they're now standing. You know, they kneeled. They were prone. They kneeled. They prayed. A holy light shone down, and then they end their turn standing. The cinder cloak is the cowled figure. They have a robe on it. Their head is covered. They're, from the darkness, they whisper something ominous. Oh, and by the way, the Sunblade has been chanting this whole time and is going to continue chanting. It's a concentration effect. I'm just going to keep up. Like a, It's a spell that once cast keeps going. I'm not going to have it suffer concentration ending damage effects, whatever. Anyway, so the Cinder Cloak is just like the sound of the Sunblade's chanting is like all around. And the cin- Cinder Cloak starts to whisper some like ominous demon sounding sounds. So cool. And, uh, hurls flame 
at Percy. See how this goes. Does a 15 hit you, Percy? And does a 18? Both hit. Both hit. Please take 34 fire damage. That hurts. Ooh, yeah. Lastly, the moody bookseller, who is prone. They are no longer prone because as they lay on the ground and they're kind of whiny and there's that bit of blood at the edge of their mouth and they got like their, their, the worst part in their mind is that their trench coat has dirt on it now and it has been run through by a sword. <laughs> they're like, oh, this is awful. So they transform into mist. You freaking nerd. Mist form, transform into a mist. Any worn or carried equipment is also transformed. When in mist form, they can uh, they can't speak, and they can't do actions or reactions, but they can kind of like slowly hover over. And they were really really close to Tanager. You're twenty feet away, Percy. You're still fifty feet away, Barsuk. Now you're zero feet away. So they kind of like slowly. <laughs> Miss Clouds don't move very fast. Slowly move over to you, and Barsuk, I would like you to please make a constitution saving throw. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that is 15. Yeah, you're fine. You're fine. Percy, can you make constitution saving throws for your fae and wolves, please? There's a mist cloud around them. Yes, I can. Dude, do you have gust? Just blow this fart away. I wish. <sighs> One succeeds with a natural 20, the other gets five. They are poisoned. They have disadvantage on attack rolls and ability checks. Okay. All right. That is the end of their turn. Barsuk and Tanager, I'd like you to remember that at the start of your turns, there is an effect for you. Just remind me when we get there. And speaking of, Barsuk, it's your turn. Okay. Can you please make a constitution saving throw? Uh, point of order, I was 30 feet away, if that makes a difference. Oh, you're, okay, you're not 20, you're 30 feet away. Okay, got it. Well, that one comes out to a 14. Yeah, you're fine. You're fine. Go ahead and take your turn normally. All right. So here's a quick question. Is this platform elevated or is it just like a, a barrier? Like, don't spend too long outside the barrier. Or if I were to push someone off, would it be a little... 300 style fall a la dragon ball with the fight club there i i've seen way too much dragon ball like in my formative years and so it's an elevated by five foot stone platform but it's made out of magical material okay so just pushing them off they can hop back on yes okay well in that case i am just going to look that paladin dead in the eyes that tickled now it's my turn and i am going to Recklessly attack him with uh, Bosville once, and then with my fist once. Does a 26 hit him? Uh, yes. All right, because that's what I got twice. Excellent. They both hit. I'm going to expend a key point to... I forget what the ability is called, but I can spend a key point as a Kensei monk on hit to add my martial arts die to my Kensei weapon. And that comes out to 20 on Bosville, and... 12 damage on the fist. That is a total of 32 damage. Describe what it looks like as you hit and do damage. My AC goes up to 19 from the unarmed strike. And what the hit looks like is I hook him 
at the ankle with Boss Feel, just to get him a little off balance. And then I just give a really hard yank with my arm on the uh, one that's hanging a little funny, just to really throw him off and remind him, maybe he should have just enjoyed some funnel cake and bought a ticket instead of enrolling in this. (laughs) (laughs) I will then uh, spend my bonus action and expend a key point for dodging. So they should not get advantage. Noted. That's a good combo with your reckless attack. Mm Mm-hmm. Is that the end of your turn? That is the end of my turn. Percy, you're up. You're 50 feet away. There's a lot of melee happening across from you. And now a gas cloud? What? What is going on? Well, I am going to see this gas cloud, realize I can't really do much with a, to a gas cloud. So I'm going I'm to walk up 10 feet closer and be like, there isn't enough meat shields in this battle. I'm going to pull out my bag of tricks, t- put my hand in it, and th- throw a... Um, Animal out, rolling a D8 to determine what it is. I get a seven, which is an additional dire wolf. <laughs> Percy and their pack of wolves. <laughs> I am then going to use my um, bonus action to expend a level one spell slot to regain 1D8 HP which is 9, so I'm going to gain 9 HP, and then it is going to be all of my animals' turns. At the start of all of your animals' turns, please roll a constitution saving throw for all of them. I love summoners. Please wait one second. Dude, it's so much fun. I I, uh, was watching a recent live play, and somebody summoned like a bunch of geese. And it was just, they had the stats of raptors, and... Geese are <laughs> utterly horrifying. Right? Like, how much fun is that? I was reading the news, and someone went, was in a canoe, and they got drowned to death by a goose. Like, a goose killed someone. Like, Have you ever seen... I can believe it. They're evil. <laughs> Have you seen what the inside of their mouths look like? No. It's, it's like Cronenberg. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so I have 18, 20, 14, and 12. Nothing happens. And then for all the beasties attacks. um, Sorry, that was the first constitution saving roll. Please roll another for all of them. Oh, now you're just making stuff up. Nope. One is the chant, (laughs) one is the gas cloud. Hey, one got a natural 20. This is an yeah. easy 14 constitution saving throw or be poisoned until the start of your next turn. Poisoned means disadvantage on attack rolls and ability checks. Yeah, so does Tanager making fun of you. Okay, so we got a 22 with a natural 20, a dirty 20, a 16, and an 8. The 8 has disadvantage on attack rolls and ability checks and coughs as they breathe in poison gas. Apparently, moody booksellers don't smell good. Hey, because it is a direwolf and it is next to its brethren, it has advantage on all attacks because of pack tactics, so it has whoa, neither advantage whoa. nor disadvantage. Yep. Cancel out. Perfect. And then And its ability checks, by the way, have disadvantage, so it's more likely to stay poisoned. Mm. Oh. No. Hey. 
Uh, the first two direwolves that were on um, Bartholomew um, rolled a 19 and a 25. Again, Bartholomew's AC is 17. Yeah, they roll an 11 and a, se- and, a, and a 7, respectively, for damage. The Fae is going to use um, um, Fae Step, which allows him to magically teleport up to 30 feet. And it is going to go from where it was, where Gas Cloud Guy was, to the um, the robed figure. The cinder cloak. Yeah, the cinder cloak. She's over there. Yeah. And it is going to attack her. And because it face-stepped, it gains um, fuming, which gives it advantage on its next attack. So it rolls a 23. That hits. And it does 9 damage. The cinder cloak doesn't even flinch. Hey, so uh, cool. You feel and like then, the HP of these three are <laughs> not the same. Someone's got a little more HP. The Sunblade looks like they're going to die. <laughs> <laughs> and then the, and the I told lost him he should just th- have enjoyed funnel cake. Yeah, yeah. If the Sunblade and the Moody Bookseller had just enjoyed some some funnel cake, they wouldn't look like they were going to die right now. But weirdly, the Cinder Cloak looks fine. You feel like a lot of Sunblades entered the competition and one passed. You feel like only one cinder cloak did. Entered, you know. Anyway, continue. <laughs> so the last direwolf that came out of the bag of tricks is going to run up to the cinder cloak and um, attack it with a dirty 20 to hit. That hits. And it does 8 damage. Noted. Again, the cinder cloak doesn't even, like, you can't see any facial expressions beneath the robe. But their posture doesn't change at all. Is that the end of your turn? Yes, that is the end of my turn. Tanager, please make a constitution saving throw. Actually, two of them. Okie dokie. That's a 19. No joke, two 19s on the dice. Nothing happens. Yeah, whatever, dude. I've smelled farts before. Um, the chanting is irritating to you. So, since I was a good boy and pre-rolled my rolls, and uh, I believe what happens is I need a constitution saving throw from the, uh, well, sorry, a strength and then a constitution saving throw from the Moody Bookseller. How? They're a gas cloud. What's going on? Oh, sorry. Uh, I guess I'll do it to the cinder cloak then. Okay. Their strength saving throw was a 13? And what was the other saving throw? Constitution. Another 13. So, uh, what happens is I motion my image over to the cinder cloak, who then leaps into the air with Tanager's telekinesis. He causes the cinder cloak to rise in the air to meet him about five feet above the ground. And then, uh, Tanager's Echo slams down with their mighty golden scepter, causing them to become prone and taking a respectable ten points of damage. They're laying on the ground for a good second, and then they kick their feet up and they backflip style, like kick themselves up from the ground without using their arms. When this happens, I'm playing off of it, um, I'm going to need a, a wisdom saving throw, I believe, from the paladin. Fifteen. Uh, that's a fail. They take another 
eight points of damage as I'm like, see? That's what a real guild looks like. And vicious <laughs> mockery them. Oh my gosh. You take them down to one hit point. <laughs> but they're still there. They're still holding on. They're standing. Okay, so it's the enemy's turn, right? Keep in mind, they do now have disadvantage on their attack, which I think after the negation, like, would mean that uh, they now have disadvantage if they want to attack uh, Barsook. Got it. Noted. Okay, so, is that the end of your turn? Yes, that's the end of my turn. The cinder cloak oh, free action. Themselves. Sorry, free action, I give him the finger again. That was it. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> the cinder cloak flips themselves up using their feet to kick up, not using their arm at all, and they stand up. They're no longer prone. That's what they used half of their movement to do. The cinder cloak is going to Barsuk. The dice chose you. Oh, bring it. Both of those hit well above your AC, and you take 34 fire damage. Whoa! Well, thankfully, I'm raging, so 34 becomes a much more manageable 17. Okay, next up is the Sunblade, who has one hit point and disadvantage on this attack. They're surrounded by a pack of three wolves and a face spirit and a barsook. They <laughs> and again, one hit point because someone made fun of him and he's crying like a little baby. Yep, yep. Barsook does a 19 hit your AC. It ties my AC with the unarmed strike I made, so it does hit. Got it. Then please take 40 radiant damage as they cry out to the sky above and you get blasted by light. Your maximum HP is reduced by this amount. All right. My maximum is now down to 162 and my HP is currently 135. We're still in triple digits. I mean, I can't heal you anyway, so you're fine. (laughs) (laughs) Barsuk, please make a wisdom saving throw. Oh, I'm not quite as good at those. Uh, not the number we like, three. You are beguiled by this gas cloud. You are charmed. In fact, you have a telepathic link with it now. It says, Barsuk. Barsuk. Yes, Mr. Fart? (laughs) (laughs) You will call me Master Fart, and you will like it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Master Fart, yes, please teach me your ways. (laughs) Can we fade to black on this battle? (laughs) You now have to do your best to obey the commands of the fart. (laughs) It says to you, The satyr Barsuk, kill him. Yes, Master Fart. The satyr must smell. Until the end of this fart cloud's next turn, the creature takes only the actions you choose, doesn't do anything that you don't allow it to do. During this time, you can cause the creature to blah, 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 blah. Basically, each time something happens, you'll get another saving throw. But until then, kill the satyr. You make a very excellent point. And it's your turn. First, I'd like okay, you to make so... a wisdom or a constitution saving throw because Sunblade's still no. chanting. <laughs> uh, okay, well, uh, that's a 12, even though I rolled a 1. Okay, you're fine. Made it to beat it. You literally can't fail on this. That's awful. Okay, so... <laughs> Barbarians. Yeah. Any other saving throws? Nope, that's it. Okay. You're not poisoned. Now... You're one with the fart. <laughs> well, I also have purity of body, I just realized. 
even, even though I never failed it. But speaking of monk abilities, stillness of mind. Starting at seventh level, I can use an action to end one effect on myself that is causing myself to be charmed or frightened. <laughs> you are not charmed oh, or yeah. dominated. Oh. Yeah. I had some flavor text, but no, it's you're dominated. Oh. Damn you. Well. Hey, Tanager! <laughs> Listen, this talking fart cloud, it said that you are kind of a jerk, and you kind of need to take it back a few notches with the sunblade. All right? Buddy, come here. Um, as I've never seen this echo before, is it possible I'd confuse it for Tanager? Um, because the fart cloud was in your mind, it was able to clarify which one it meant. It means that one. Okay. Oh, thank you, Master Fart. <laughs> thank you. All right, Tanager, come here. What's Tanager's AC? Uh, his AC is 16. Ah, oh, bonus action. Dang it. Yeah, no, you can probably hit me. It says it's 16. Okay. Well, uh, I hate to say it, but Barsook's a very go big or go home guy. He's recklessly attacking. Out of character. Well, the good news, one, one mit did miss. And there were no crits. But you're still taking 15 damage. <sighs> oh, no. Um, I don't have a ton of HP, but I'm okay. Don't worry, guys. This hurts me just as much as it hurts you. And I'm going to use my bonus no, action to make an unarmed strike. <laughs> and uh, attempt to grapple with that attack. So I'll be making this athletics check with advantage. Uh, you need to beat 26. There's no possible way I could do that. <laughs> oh, come on. Come on, buddy. Hug it out. I know you had a rough time earlier. Tell me about your troubles. Talk to Barsook. Master Gas Cloud, I have him for you. And that is my turn. <laughs> Good turn. Percy, you're up. You're 40 feet away. Your friends are grappling. You're like, what is going on? Yeah, see, see, seeing this going on, I'm like... This is not right, so we, we, we've got to deal with that gas cloud, and I think I figured out how to do it. I cast Feeble Mind on it. Um, what? It, the I can eighth block. level spell? Oh, yes. That's brutal. Oh. <laughs> so it, it, it takes um, 46 psychic damage. I rolled a 31 to hit. It takes oh. 15 psychic damage, and it needs to make an intelligence saving throw. Okay, it takes 15 psychic damage, and it makes a saving throw of... You said intelligence? Yes. 15. So it was under 19, my spell save DC. It's um, intelligence and charisma are now 1. Um, it can't cast spells, activate magic items, understand language, or communicate in any intelligible, intelligible way. It can, however, identify friends... He can follow them and even protect them. He can attempt to... Um, he can repeat the saving throw in 30 days. <laughs> the mist form <laughs> condenses into a moody bookseller. I'm going to say that this this ends that spell, because they can't cast spells, right? So that yeah. spell is ended. They are standing, looking blank, <laughs> and Barsuk... Your mind is just yours again. Tanager, um, I, I love a good team huddle as much as everyone, but what the heck? 
give me a kiss and get your reveler damned hands off me. And then I smooch him and push him off. (laughs) 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 All right, put me in, coach. Okay, so for Beastie's turns now. Everybody, please make a constitution saving throw. Not for a gas cloud, but for a chant. Oh my included? Uh all the beasties, sorry. It's the start okay. of their turn. Um fourteen, fourteen, eighteen, and natural twenty. They're fine. No one will ever be affected by this chant. The end. <laughs> <laughs> um yes, because Bartholomew was dead. He just took um nineteen damage. Oh, the first hit takes him out. Describe what happens. Um so these dials are they're they're pretty hungry and they're there's some pretty serious pack animals so they they're just going to start ripping into him and it, it it's it's not going to be a pretty sight and you know the sensor bar is going to come up and be like bye-bye <laughs> kind of thing Ooh, literally being eaten by wolves all right yep note to self don't need dead bartholomew to the character list Wait, no, hold on. Wasn't there a uh, diamond thing in case you die? Yes. You know how the spell so, revivify works? Six seconds. Yeah, so... Uh, well, Wait, also, no, you I'm paid pull their entrance fee. Here. No, I'm pulling an olive here, and I will call for the referee to stop the match if this guy's going to die in a recreational arena. I thought they just get... Rev- um, they cost revive on them later. Just gonna read the spell Revivify. You touch a creature that has died within the last minute. That creature returns to life with one hit point. This spell can't return to life a creature that has died of old age, nor can it restore any missing body parts, such as those eaten by a dire wolf. Oh, so he still gets to come back. He's he's just, just missing probably, limbs. Yeah, he's probably just missing an arm and a leg. <laughs> Which yeah. there's nothing wrong with. And I'm sure his poor guild will be able to pay for prosthetics for him. Unless they're like a bunch of broke jokes like I know they are. In which he can come to me, Tanager Goodfellow, who will happily replace his missing body parts. Right now he's being eaten by wolves, so is that the end of your turn, Percy? No, I've, I've got two more attacks. Okay. So... <laughs> <laughs> no. The Faye attacks... Um, the robed figure forgot his name again. Her name is Cindercloak. You have not Cinder really Cloak? met her. What is the AC of Cindercloak? Fifteen. Ah. Well, the Fae rolled a natural twenty and did twenty-eight damage total. What does it look like? How are they doing that? They have a sword. They have a short sword. So I mean, yes, the, he have, he hasn't been doing much damage so far. So I, I think he, he the Fae gets r- r- rather annoyed and just starts wailing at him. You know. Sh- just left, right, just kind of sl- slashing a, 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 a little in, um, a little enraged, uh, a little ha- with a little tinge of hatred in, in his eyes. A slash cuts across the burlap sack cloak and reveals, rather than skin or clothing underneath, just darkness. Oh, damn. So cool. <laughs> and then the, the last wolf misses completely. All right. And then... The the other two direwolves are going to use their movements to go up to, um, up to her. They can't make an attack yet, but next next turn they're they're going to be getting into the fray. All right. And that's my turn. Got it. Tanager, please make a Constitution saving throw. 
12. Mm, oh, finally. No. Wait, no. The Sunblade has died. Uh, yeah, no, they're being eaten by wolves. You're fine. You're fine. <laughs> Super cool. I do the vengeful leap on the uh, Cinder Cloak. Yeah? So uh, I need a strength and then a con saving throw. 15 and 24. <sighs> okay, not knocked prone, but they do get lifted in the air and then slam back down. Nice. How much damage did they take? A very respectable five. All right, they're down to 140 hit points. <laughs> okay, so what, maybe we'll bring what? out this one. Uh, it's the enemy's turn, right? Uh, yes. The Sunblade is down and being eaten by wolves. The moody bookseller is standing there with a dumb look on their face, not doing anything. And the Cindercloak will hurl flame at you guys. They hurl flame at Percy. Does a non-natural 20 hit your AC, Percy? Most definitely does. Okay. You take 36 fire damage. That hurts. They threw fireballs at you. Okay. Ah, the Moody Bookseller doesn't really do much. And that ends the enemy's turn. It's now Barsuk's turn. Barsuk, Tanager just kissed you and pushed you away from them. How close is the Moody Bookseller to the edge? Within five feet. Oh, wonderful. I am just going to rush right into his face and, you know, spend a key point for a flurry of blows. So just deliver an uppercut with boss feel and then strike them with three unarmed strikes, the final one culminating in shoving them out of the ring. And these will be reckless, of course. That's three 15s and a 14, even with advantage. So that's all, all the unarmed strikes hitting? Oh, even the 14? Yes. The Moody Bookseller has an AC of 11 with their trench coat. Oh, I, I was going for the fire cloak. My, my mistake. Oh, you were talking about the cinder cloak. Yes. Sure. They're also within five feet of the edge. They have an armor class of 15, so everything except for the last one hits them. All right. So that is only 17 damage. Barsook charges up to the fire cloak. And I am going to replace my attack action with the shove action. As I'm raging, this has advantage. Okay. Reading the shove, it sounds like you are making a strength athletics check, contested by my strength or dexterity check. Can they beat a 27? The Cindercloak rolls an 18 and fails. An admirable effort. They fly five feet away from you, falling off of the edge of the stadium. Uh raised area, the arena. They land on the grass outside on their butt, the hood falling back from a head with long curling blonde hair. I'd stay down if I were you. Make an intimidation check. Well, that comes out to a very dull 13. Okay. Their insight did not beat that, and they are intimidated. They stay on the grass. Is that the end of your turn? That is the end of Barsuk's turn. The cinder cloak quickly covers her beautiful golden curls with her hood and goes, Ah! Nobody should see me! I'm just a cinder cloak! You don't know who I am! And flees Nobody back... saw! <laughs> <laughs> and flees back to the tunnel that they came from. Percy, it's your turn. I've the only this. one still in the... Sorry, real quick. The only one still in the ring is the moody bookseller, right? With a vacant look in their eyes. Cool. So... 
Uh, my, I'm just going to not do anything on my turn and have my Fae Fae step um, up to him and s- s- run him through with a 14, doing 14 damage. With a vacant look in their eyes, they just have a sword in them. They are not dead. And then I'll have all three of my wolves run up to him and do... Uh, well, there was 25, 21, 21. We're going we're gonna to fade to black on that. Okay, we've got three <laughs> dire wolves. They're eating this person. Uh, they start to scream. And then but, uh, the screaming stops. Cool. Percy, <laughs> just drag him out of the ring. But that's not as fun. Stop, stop. He's already <laughs> dead. <laughs> okay, all right. We've got one Sunblade and one Moody Bookseller permanently disfigured by Percy's wolves. The <laughs> the referee, as the sounds of slurping and crunching emanate from Percy's wolves, the referee raises Tanager's and Barsook's hands and comes over to Percy and raises your hand too and says, The winners! Fire-breathing kittens and the crowd Booze! Boo! Boo! Fire-breathing kittens! You're awful! You're eating people's wolves! You're the worst! Boo! You might be next. I do the WWE heel thing where I'm walking around the ring with my arms up like, What? What? (laughs) Would you not love me? And just really playing up the uh, antagonistic role, because, I don't know, maybe we'll get more protection jobs out of this. <laughs> Boo! All right, that ends fight one. Oof. Fight one? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, guys, well, gotta win two. Wait, Tanager, have you never been in these before? Yeah, I've fought people before. Yeah, it's it's never just one bout. <laughs> All right, well, let's run the Banishment Gambit on the next one. Just keep them away from me, and I'll just drop these guys out of existence. Sounds like a plan. My wolves are going to follow me out. I mean, they already hate us. (laughs) That is true. And you are now all in the open space of the arena. You have been escorted to the place where you can buy food, you can do stuff, there's people milling about, you might run into some familiar faces. What do you do? Uh, Tanager is going to go to Hot Tacos Cold Beer and uh, try to place a bet. Got it. Tanager splits off from the party and is doing that. Percy and Barsook, describe what you're doing. Um, well, I am going to go look around to see if there's any um, stores that might sell healing potions because I forgot to bring bring my healing potions with me. So, yes. There is a sign above that says temples, where you can go buy some healing potions there. And Barsuk, what are you up to? Well, uh, my maximum HP has been dropped by a, a considerable amount. And you said a long rest could solve that, correct? You don't know that. Ah, okay. Well, I've just received a lot of very painful divine smiting. From a god whose name I don't know, but I'm going to get their number and I am going to make that complaint known to them. I'm feeling quite sore. I could use a stiff drink. I imagine the food court would have that bar that I'm looking for. So what has the best looking drink selection? Because I don't want just a basic beer. I need something stiff, something sweet. There's a place called Hoolahan's that has craft cocktails and more. Ah, wonderful. I find the shortest stool, just so I don't have to hoist myself up. Ah, barkeep, I need a double-strong mojito 
Do not go easy on the lime. I don't even want to see anything clear. Go a little easy on the mint, though, please. Okay. You receive your alcohol, and as you're drinking there, you notice around you, eating at one of the tables, like near the bar, two familiar faces. A woman whose face is lighting up as she sees you, and a teenage girl whose black hair has blue streaks dyed into it. Oh, honey! Dear! What are you two doing here? They knew you were here, and they're going to eat with you in between your fights. All the guilds are fighting today, they said. We came to cheer you on because you recently joined the fire-breathing kittens. We saw your fight. Oh, that's... (laughs) Oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, what, what happened? I remember the fart spoke to me, and then I woke up in the embrace of Tanager. Um... That happens. Nothing too strange, I hope. Mind if I borrow one of your fries? Your daughter Claire mocks you and tells you what happened. Oh, gods. Teenagers. Honey, I really... (laughs) Uh, I just want you to know that Seder was nowhere near as comforting as you. And then your wife and you and your daughter have a chat, and I'm going to leave you there. Tanager, you successfully place your bet. How much do you wager? A million gold. On who? Us. Two? When? Got it. Percy, perception check. Hey, what are our odds? Uh, like ten to one. So we would get ten million gold if we win. You will. Or you'll get <laughs> murdered. Because that's how betting actually works. <laughs> hey, come on. I can banish myself, and then I just live on another plane. <laughs> <laughs> the mob might be after Tanager. Uh, you... You placed your bet with someone called Ruby Safiosi. Uh, can I flirt with Ruby Safiosi? Absolutely. Uh, could you describe him real quick? I'll make this as succinct as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, picture uh, the female main actress from Lost. Okay. So, uh, yeah, a and cool we're million. we're going to black on that, because Percy, perception check. <laughs> I rolled a 30. A what? A 30. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, can't fade to black on that one, can you? <laughs> <laughs> Plus 11s are great. You hear the low sound of people talking, echoing as if their voices were carried across a distance. This is something that other people wouldn't have been able to notice, but you look up and you see a grate in the ceiling. The voices are the loudest near this grate. The openings are just a few inches apart, too small for you, Percy, to fit in. How how, how small are we talking? We're talking tiny beasts accessible? We are. I am going to abandon my search for health potions, and I am going to wild shape into a a bat (laughs) and go follow the sound. Okay, and you possess uh, three healing potions that you purchased, by the way. We're going to say that that successfully happened. They're wild-shaped with you in your bat form as you fly up into the air duct. You're inside the air duct. Your tiny wings flapping along inside this smooth passageway. The voices are louder in here and easier to understand. Just the prettiest orange fur would be wonderful in my collection. The voices stop and you come to a T in the silence. Do you go left or right? Um, can, can I um, 
sit and listen for a sec, see if I can determine which direction the voices are coming from. Yeah, you pause for a second. There are no additional voices. It's silent. I am going to use echolocation to <laughs> attempt to see what's in each direction. Your echolocation informs you that there is a humanoid figure in a room below the air vent opening on the passageway to the left. And then I'll go left. You flap along in that direction. The voices begin again. Just do it. Oh, good. The voices are louder than they were before. You pick up your pace and come to a grate directly over the room with the speakers. An older Caucasian human man, wearing a showy metal chest plate and costume-quality leather limb armor and a lion cape, like a, the fur from a killed lion that is wearing he is wearing as a cape. He strides from the room and shuts the door behind him. Um, I'm going to peek into the room, uh, so there's no one in the room at the moment, to clarify. That's correct. There's no one in the room anymore. I'm going to go into the room and have a look about. Okay. It's a small room that has preparation stuff in it. It has uh, meat on a table, like a platter of meat, a bunch of, you see a zebra leg, and you see a giraffe head and neck. Yeah, so it looks like we've got some, maybe some smuggling going on here. Um... The, the door's closed, right? So I, I can't go through the door and follow him. Correct. Bats, not so good opening doors. Thanks. I don't want... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they are pretty tiny. I mean, I mean, it would be cute tiny hands trying to open a door, but <laughs> I don't think they're going to manage it. So cute. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, not wanting to transform back into a human and potentially get caught because... Um, I'm pretty sure Tanagers bet a small fortune on us, and if I'm kicked out, I don't like their odds. So I'm going to go back through the gate, great, with, uh, with a theory I have. And I'm going to go back to the main hall to go find Tanager to discuss it with him. You find Tanager, and Barsuk, you walk up, having just been reinvigorated with a lovely chat with your family. You're also a little drunk. Ah, oh. <laughs> oh, that Beatrice. Oh, she sees the best in me. Ah, <laughs> oh, Tanager. Yes, I just bet an incredible amount of money that we don't have on us. So let's win this next round, chaps. Why am I not surprised? Uh, how how much is ridiculous? Oh, the whole the whole pot, a million, a million gold pieces. And and whose names? Oh, just me. Don't worry, I would never include you in something like that. But you'll still get a fair cut of the ten mil if we win. So, guys, um, I just, um, well, I have a, I have a small story for you guys. So, I was on my way after buying my healing potions, and I, I heard through a, a grate some talking, and being as inquisitive as I was, I decided to, um, go up the grate and, you know, see what was going on, turning into a bat, because I'm cool and all. And I, I heard the voice of a man in a lion cape saying um, something about an um, orange cat or something to that effect and saying to just to get it. So and once I got into the room, I saw a bunch of butchered rare animals. So just just a theory I, I came up with. Um, I think someone might be after your orange tabaxi friend, um, Tanja. 
Cool, just lost a million gold. Have to go protect my loved ones. Uh, I'll hook up around with you guys later. Uh, there's no way I'm putting Murr in danger. Wait. So I guess I have to go commit a murder. Wait, Tanager, before we go commit murder... Uh, do you need help? Oh, I, I'm, I'm about to start murdering indiscriminately <laughs> if there's anyone in my way between me and this lion cloaked figure. I haven't even told you, given you a full description or where I saw him. Yeah, just I'm just going to kill the entire Colosseum. <laughs> yeah, if I have to, if it protects Murr. Do you even know where Murr is? I retract my eagerness to help. <laughs> how long do we have until our match? It's unclear to you how long you have until your next match. Uh, cool. Well, uh, I have to go kill a bunch of people. So where, if you could give me the closest known location of this species trafficker, because I don't like any part of the vibe he's giving off. You weren't even there. You didn't even see his vibe. <laughs> oh, I can smell his vibe. I'm a reveler. God's damn it. How about... If someone's going to ruin a party, I know. How about instead of doing that, we go, because Murr can only be in one or two places, either still waiting in the room, because she probably hasn't had a, had a, had a match yet, or she c- could have just come out of the um, arena and will be in the food stall area where we are. So how about we find Murr and protect her instead of going in indiscriminately killing people on a hunch I had? I mean, this one's on you, my dude. It was a hunch. (laughs) I'm just saying, I got this big rod made of gold, and I've only got to hit people like four or five times with it. Uh, No, let's go search for Mer. Tanager acquiesces. I follow Tanager to make sure he doesn't kill random people. I follow as well. I like how you didn't even remember Mur in the very beginning. You were like, oh, hi, new lady. And now you're like, Mur bust. <laughs> yeah, I'm playing a character. <laughs> Sometimes when you're a trashy dude, you don't appreciate what's close to you. But at the same time, when somebody is put in a situation, they become the most important thing in your vision. And like, whether I'm with Mur or not, I care about her in my own weird way, and I'm going to make sure that she's safe and not eaten, sold into slavery, or turned into clothing, which seems to be this guy's vibe. (laughs) At least until Marjorie distracts you again. Hey, what up, Marge? (laughs) What do you guys do? Uh, We're going to check those two locations that Percy mentioned. You check both locations? Murray is nowhere to be seen. Are there any other orange-haired beings, other tabaxi with that coat color or fur bulg and the like? Yes, it's a very crowded coliseum. Thousands of spectators fill the stands. There's definitely other orange tabaxis here. And there's lots of other orange things. Someone like the Mad Hatter, that could be the person they were talking about. Yeah, but Mer's the prettiest, so obviously they're talking about her. Yeah, the Mad Hatter can't compete. Okay. I mean, he got he got some yeeks, but, you know. <laughs> yeah. 
I don't like this voice. I don't like this at all. The loudspeaker announces, Participants 150-151-152, please make your way down to the floor. Oh, crap, that's us. Clean and quick. L- let's just end this. Yeah. Then we can go s- save your girl. Banish him. I'll play point guard for you, too. Yeah, we do a hands-in. FBK! <laughs> Throw our hands up in the air. Let's do this! <laughs> <laughs> You emerge from the tunnel in the arena wall. Above you, fans cheer. Before you is a raised platform, a square 50 feet wide on each side. You climb the steps made of solidified magic and can now see across the arena. An older Caucasian man with a showy metal chest plate and costume-bedazzled leather limb armor waits for you. A cape billows out behind him, made of skinned lion's pelt. Behind him are four huge, shiny purple satin-covered cubes. The satin ripples in the wind. A black-and-white stripe-shirted referee steps onto the platform and announces to the crowd, It's the final showdown! In one corner, we have returning champion Hagenbeck von Amberg! The crowd cheers loudly. Woohoo! Yeah! Hagenbeck! 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 In the other corner, a vigilante guild who fights dirty to take what they want. Fire-breathing kittens. The crowd boos. You might not be the face in this match. The ref sticks a whistle in their mouth, raises both hands above their head, and as they thrust their arms downward, they whistle as loud as they can and shout, Start! So, Tanager is wondering, these are teams of three, correct? That is correct. We are using the same initiative order as before. Barsook, it's your turn. Barsook said he wanted to do this one by the book and play point guard. He doesn't have a clue what those four cube things are, let alone what the suspiciously similar person to the cannibal? Do we know? Maybe. Across the arena is. And he's still a little sore, so he's going to play it safe and enter uh, his rage. And... Move forward about 25 feet, and then use his, uh, hold his actions, just to intercept anybody trying to come for his two friends. You may look mean, champion, but we're gonna cut you down to size. And that is Barsook's turn. Noted. You are 25 feet away from Hagenbeck, and the satin rippling in the wind. Percy, it's your turn. Okay, so um, I'm going to, you know, go big or go home. I am going to upcast um, Wall of Fire, a fourth level spell, to a ninth level Wall of Fire. Um, it creates a wall up to 60 feet long, 20 feet high, and one foot thick. So I'm going to attempt to arc it, getting the front guy in the initial um, Heckenbeck in the initial fire and sort of curve it round in a slight U to, you know... Okay, you will get all of the cages in this if you do it as well because they're standing in line with their cages. Or, I'm sorry, okay. the satin billowing in the wind. <laughs> yeah, knew they were cages. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get all of them. Um, okay, they each need to make a dexterity saving throw. Uh, <laughs> okay. Higginbeck gets a 12. Some other things happen. 
Tell me the number. <laughs> um. Well, I'm I'm slightly behind, so I need to quickly roll. My apologies. <laughs> no worries. Even ninety eight. So that is um forty eight damage to each of them. Okay. Well, um. So the there are things in the satin that rolled a ten. Does that change anything? The saving throw is nineteen. Yeah. Okay. So they all failed. Wait, I'm confused. Yes, they all failed. So how much? So on a failed they save, they take forty eight damage. On a successful, okay. they take half. Oh. Okay. Got it. Okay, you hear uh, the sound of animal screams from the cages as they burn. Okay, and as my bonus action, I am going to chug a healing potion because I didn't. I never did that. Sure. Um, is it a bonus action to take a potion, or is it an action? I think it's using an item, which is an action. Yeah. Then I won't do that. Okay. Then that is my turn. Okay. That's a lot of damage, so let me just write that all down. Okay, so the lion tamer is currently in a lot of flame. None of you can see the lion tamer or the satin cubes, the satin that was billowing in the wind. The satin is now consumed and is gone. And you all, uh, Percy? All right. I didn't expect that from the druid. Let's just say that. <laughs> I thought, here was, I was thinking, is that you try to charm the animals and then you try to get them away from the lion tamer and like get them on your sides. Like I had all these like charm negation stuff written down. Like what if you try to charm the animals and they're being whipped by a lion tamer? Didn't expect you to murder the animals. So. <laughs> well, we didn't know they were animals. Not, uh, I was fully expecting like tabaxis and satyrs and like animal folk yeah, in I, the I was cages. Expecting... And I was like, more God, uh, this is gonna be brutal well it mm-hmm. is because they're now screaming you hear animal screams of pain and human sounding uh tanager's your turn stuff's on fire fire breathing kittens have been here stuff's on fire <laughs> God, we were trying to rebrand no uh charisma <laughs> saving throw from the lion tamer because i'm just straight up banishing him you can't see the lion tamer they are in fire what the way wall of fire works is that you can't see through it uh, i believe Percy, am I right? No, that yeah. sounds right. The wall is opaque. Yeah, the wall's opaque. Yep. You just hear screaming. <sighs> Dang it. And he's in the middle of the wall, so even if I invoke duplicity, that won't matter. Well, he's on the um, edge. It's 20 feet wide, so everybody's yeah. within the wall. Like, it's half the arena. It's <laughs> half the stage, <laughs> basically. I'm picturing from the far end to, to 20 feet closer to you so that's like you guys 40 feet up from you is the wall of fire (laughs) and then 20 feet beyond that is the edge okay i can't even if i can't see past i can't even cast on the other side so i guess i'm gonna hold my turn to cast (laughs) banishment if i see even like an elbow yep yep um (laughs) all right noted that is your turn uh yeah so it's now their turn uh, the things inside the cages scream, and um, Percy, how much damage do they take on their turn that they start in the wall? Well, I think it's if they end their turn, uh, not if they start. Well, they're in cages. They're ending their turn there. Oh, okay. <sighs> it's the this circle of so, life. This is such a bad look for us. <laughs> um, <laughs> 40 damage. How much? Oof. 
40 fire damage. Okay, I'm going to roll... It's opaque, so I'm going to roll a random sailor uh, movement. So, drunken sailor movement. Um, basically, I'm going to I'm gonna roll for the direction of Hagenbeck. They could run off of the stage, which is a one. They could run left or right, which are two and four. And they could run towards you, which is three. Okay, they run further to the right in the wall of fire and end their turn there and then collapse to the ground and continue to burn. Okay, and the things in the cages continue to burn because they cannot run. Okay, noted. Uh, and they continue to burn. Okay. Uh, Barsuk, it's your turn. There are fewer screams. Barsuk isn't sure what he expected to happen this day. <laughs> throwing down yeah 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 getting a hostile embrace with a satyr maybe who knows what could happen in the ring but animal cruelty was not on his radar even remotely from a druid (laughs) so and from what he's heard this guy kind of had it coming also his rage drops because he hasn't taken any damage or thrown a punch uh, so this is just kind of a sobering. Wow. Oh, okay. God. This Watching is happening. a barbarian calm down because of a brutal combat. That's a real mood. <laughs> <laughs> so he'll just, he'll take some about uh, a few steps back, just to be about fifteen feet ahead of uh, everyone, and, and get out of the immediate heat wave. And just start playing a little bit of a, a dirge on Bosfield. Like, eh, so sorry, dear cats. You didn't deserve that. Didn't Hopefully deserve. there's lots of fish up in kitty heaven. Kitty heaven. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Tanager. <laughs> I got you, brother. I mean, I, clearly, uh, Percy's got this, so we can just ham it up. <laughs> that That is his action. He doesn't know what to do here. Okay. <laughs> Does that end your turn? That ends my turn. Percy, it's your turn. There's screams from within the fire. You don't know who is up and who is down. You can't tell. You can tell there are fewer screams, but there are definitely still human screams coming from the fire. So knowing that um, we T- Tanage is going to be distraught because his, his, his missus could be in, in serious danger um, and he wanted to end this quickly, I am going to um, do, do, do as he asks and tr- try to end this thing quickly. I am going to conjure animals um, as a seventh level spell, giving myself six direwolves that are going to... Um, Stand just on the opposite end, like just on our side of the wall of fire, because the wall of fire only deals damage in one direction. So on our side, it deals no damage. So they're gonna all stand there, lined up, ready to attack whoever comes out. So that's gonna be my action, and then all of their actions, they're just going to hold their actions and attack if someone comes out. Got it. Is the wall still up? The wall is still up. The wall's up for one minute. All right, Tanager, it's your turn. I still can't see the lion-cloaked figure, right? Correct. Okay, I'm gonna make a persuasion check. Call the match now. You know you're done. Even if you get revivified, I'm gonna make sure to hack off all of your limbs, take your eyes and your tongue, 
before this is finished. So end the match now and save the lives that you claim to own or live a life without ever being able to feel it. I'll t- uh, let me see what I roll. Yeah, I'll take a 23. Does that end your turn? Yeah. Okay. The fire crackles. And there is now only one remaining screaming and none. Okay, there are no screams anymore from the fire. It's just the sound of the fire crackling. We suck, but this guy sucks more. Did did anybody bring marshmallows or, or hot dogs just, just to try and salvage this situation? Way, way too soon. Oh, the referee's whistle sounds. Because it has been two turns and they cannot be seen. The referee whistle sounds and says, the match is over. They cannot be seen, so they are disqualified. Because opaqueness is a way, get it? Tunneling, burrowing, visibility. Oh. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I you don't totally want thought air. of that when I cast this spell, guys. That was totally my idea. <laughs> no homicidal intentions at all. Not at all. Absolute clutch move, dude. That was incredible. Don't, my next turn was gonna. I was gonna cast Wall of Thorns on the other side of the fire. <laughs> so if they go through the fire, they get hit with Wall of Thorns. You are devious. <laughs> okay. Do you drop the Wall of Fire? I drop the wall of fire. Okay. Revealed to you all, now that the opaque wall of flames is gone, are the blackened, crisped remains of one human, one bear, one tiger. These are in cages. One bear in a cage, one lion in a cage, one tiger in a cage, and another that is a humanoid in shape. Did I kill Tanage's girlfriend? (laughs) Yes, you did, my friend. But it's okay, because we live in a fantasy world, and we just got 10 million gold. (laughs) Resurrection will still work, correct? So love does have a price. I don't know what to call what just happened. The referee holds your hands above your heads in the crowd. Cheers! Woo! Yeah! Congratulations on winning your 49,594's Fight Club. What one thing would you each want to say to the crowd? And the referee holds a microphone up to your mouths. Percy, you say? I mean, we're the fire-breathing kittens. What do you expect? We're the best. Barsuk, you announce to the crowd... Don't play with fire, kids. Leave it to the professionals. We know what we're doing. And Tanager, you say? Uh, this is a disgusting practice, and you all should be ashamed for watching Bloodsport. If I live one more year, I will make sure this does not happen again. Also, you should give furs to orphans. Give what to orphans? Furs to orphans. That's a reference to Tanager's character thing, where he was like, What would you say? If you had a chance to speak at the Nick and Moy fighting tournament. And I'm like, oh, I wanted to give furs to orphans, but now my girlfriend just got immolated. Don't worry. And like, we were just figuring stuff out. And, like, Tanja's not happy with the conversation that he ended it on. So, like... Tanja, um, give me eight hours to get my ninth level slot back, and we'll cast your resurrection on her. Yeah, we have to do the animals as well. I mean... 
A crowd of clerics runs up from the edge and just kind of like holds a 300 gold worth diamond and kind of like looks at the burned corpses. <laughs> uh, Tanager screams at them, go back there and grab five more and bring her back. This whole organization is in support of slavery. I don't know exactly what happened, but there's a dead girl in a cage. Dudes. What kind of clerics are you? You're like, oh, I, I tangent just like the hold me back thing to his friends. Ah, 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 I give him another hug. Tanager, Tanager, they're trying to improve the situation. Come on, relax. Deep breaths, they will get to the end. They're standing there with cheap diamonds. Well, diamonds are not cheap. The, the clerics cast Revivify on all four people and they open their burned crusty eyes and their black flaky skin moves and they're alive and that is where we leave our heroes uh not murderers just um contributing to the plastic surgery (laughs) field of nicomoy goodbye Um, everyone uh you've met some real heels today (laughs) (laughs) Goodbye. I mean, I. Bye. <laughs> Goodbye, everyone. Nothing good happened. Bye. <laughs> I didn't do it. <laughs> We're the heroes. We won tw- 10 million gold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 3.3 repeating gold each. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. And we revived your girlfriend. Bye. Bye. Goodbye, everyone. Do you ever get that? Ah, you know, kind of attitude. Or how about just getting frustrated over people doing stupid shit? Well, I know exactly where you were coming from, and I have the solution to your frustrations. It's called Time for Crazy, a podcast dedicated to venting about everyday crap that frustrates the masses. So, instead of calling your sister, your mother, or your brother, possibly a friend even, but definitely not on your spouse, to vent about your day, tune into an episode of Time for Crazy and let the host Caraca Joe take care of the venting for you. Tensions with Toby provides an unrehearsed, unedited masterpiece as he drives. Without knowing his topic till actual time of recording, his skills of one-take recording makes him stand out. Driving in the southeast part of Saskatchewan, his show is unmatched, so let's tune in and see what his topic is on Tensions with Toby.